Let's rock, baby. Manadrone spoiler cast. I know, we actually had a kerfuffle with the one Halo episode we had to do yep. twice. Yep, it died halfway yeah. through. Halfway, it just it was a, cut itself What did you off. say, like 30 minutes in and it went, it went it, blank? It was 20, like 24 minutes into the, the thing, 20-something yeah, minutes. It went blank. Then it just died, so yeah, I've, I've been second, fiddling but, with but it. But our retake was actually a lot better than our last yeah. take, though, in my I mean, opinion. Generally, when you have a script to work off of or if you have a second take to like kind of go off, it could be better than the first one. Yeah. Yep. It depends when you know what you're talking about. But I guess either way, uh, to get into this, this is a special episode, mostly where it's going to be me talking. So would this be considered like a, a Devil May Cry spoiler cast? I, I can say this is just, you know, I, I would be a spoiler cast because I played Devil May Cry. I, I, I guess, yeah, this could be kind of a spoiler cast if you want to go into that. Uh, even though I don't think there's really anything that's worth, like, not spoiling in the fifth game. I mean, honestly, I think the story is so horrendously shit that I don't think it's... It's 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 out there. It's out there. It's, it's bad. It's fucking bad. But before we forget, just in case if anyone knows, today's a special holy day. May the fourth be with you. Yeah. May the fourth be with you. It's yeah. considered holy. To me, it is. Yeah. You know, it's great because uh, I huh. actually saw a Photoshop of somebody who just took out double May cry and it's just May four. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that so that was one of the things. I was like, you know what? I should actually kind of go back. And, and for this podcast, I did specifically play through Double May Cry four again. Just so I could have a better opinion. See, on... four is the one that on two and four were honestly just ones I just what? like. Don't make cry two. I didn't what? like don't make cry two. There's a second. Oh, yeah, we don't right. we I don't apologize. talk about two. I apologize. You're right. What am I there, thinking? There is no two. That's yeah. a lie. That's an urban myth. You're right. I apologize. Four is the one with Nero, right? Oh, God, don't remind me. So it's five actually. Yeah. Five also has Nero. So oh. I guess in order for uh, children to understand how important this is. I, I'm episode. I'm Josh, by the way, in case anybody's new to this podcast. Hi, Adams. Hi, Andrew. God, why did you have somebody named Adam and Andrew? That gets so fucking confusing. But either way, to give everybody an importance of how it, it, this episode is to me, uh, I brought the boomer drink of choice, which is the Monster Zero Ultra, uh, which is going to be the hardest part of this whole fucking review by far, which is finishing this. You can hear me. Oh, fuck. That's awful. All right. Listen up, children. This is the Devil May Cry franchise. This is a game that a lot of people have, have you know... Our generation played and loved, and this is the game series that paved way for games like Dark Souls, in my opinion. Devil May Cry 1, when it first came out, it was just bragged and hyped, and then the first time I touched it, the music, the weaponry, battling demons, everything about it was just like, at that time was like perfect, because Buffy the Vampire was happening, all these other shows with like battling demonic stuff was happening, it was like the perfect time in my opinion. I was an idiot. Why is that? Because I couldn't find the fucking key. Oh, you were in, the Dia, in Devil May Cry One. There's a key that is connected to a, one of the puppets, one of the marionettes, yeah. and you take the key, and then everything comes to life. Yeah, I got stuck there for oh, like an okay. hour. Alright, but either way... Anyway, point, this isn't about Devil May Cry 1, necessarily. Well, I guess, yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, for all five people who have not heard this story yet, Devil May Cry is originally supposed to be Resident Evil 4. However, considering the fact that the game was taking such a drastic departure from the series, they decided to take it into its own direction, which was spin up the Devil May Cry series, which was, in my opinion, the correct thing to do, because I could Smart. not imagine Leon S. Kennedy actually being Dante. That would be hilarious, but I'm sorry, just no. Him uh, hacking and slashing and shooting zombies in the air. If this was supposed to be RE4, was Devil May Cry originally supposed to be released on the GameCube? Mm, no, Resident Evil 4 wasn't even originally an exclusive no. until oh. much later down the road. The thing is, okay. is that if you actually look at a lot of the beta footage for Resident Evil 4, that game had some 
ideas behind it. It was supposed to be like a very, very like super totally different than what you thought of. Yeah. I remember it was a part like a weird spirit was attacking you. Yeah, and he it came was from a, a painting or whatever it was with a hook. Yeah, hook man, I believe is what they yeah. called him. Yeah, it was like supernatural almost. It was and, all and, supernatural. And, yeah, and it was taking a completely different direction from the Resident Evil series. Uh, and but that episode that eventually got scrapped. Then they kind of went to the more of the idea of action. Uh, yeah, Leon was supposed to be originally infected with this specific uh, gene of the virus that would have made him into like Dante-esque levels of power, kind of like how Albert Wesker is. Well, I was just going to say, so is it supposed to be a Wesker type of thing? It, it would have been closer to Albert Wesker, but then they also didn't really quite like the direction, but they loved the ideas of what the game was like starting to be. Mm. So that's when they allowed it to become its own thing, which is the Dumb White Cry franchise. So then they flesh out the story and, and do the Sparta thing and all that stuff. Yeah, so they, they fleshed out the story and did all that, and so then that's when we got Dumb White Cry 1, and then Resident Evil 4 went off and fucked off into what it did. Uh, but that's not important, because uh, even though Resident Evil 4 is probably revolutionary to gaming, in my opinion, Dumb my cry is just as important if not more important for the action genre because yeah. at this point most people were used to action games being hacking and slashing mm -hmm. uh, and Devil May Cry actually results uh, needs a lot more of finesse for the players to do that going in there and just spamming buttons will work for you sometimes and other times it's going to definitely get you killed if you're not paying attention to what weapon like you're using how you're using it dodging and all these other grandiose things that video games now just have for the standard and the norm, so... I'm just thinking, since I played D Devil May Cry 1 originally on PS2, what was out first, Devil May Cry 1 or God of War? Uh, DMC. God of, yeah, God of War uh, was out later. Oh, okay. Because on, on the... It was early PS2... Oh, no, not... PS2 was PS2, God of yeah, War 1. DMC was, like, fairly into the PS2's life cycle. Um, God of War 1 was in the mid and then God of War 2 came out for the PS2, PS2. Yes, and because God of War 2 was really like pushing the PS2 yeah. to the limit yeah the PS2 wasn't the most powerful system but it could still give a lot of good graphics the thing is is that like for what people would say about the Double, uh, Double May Cry in God of War is that God of War was more of a spectacle Yep. But the thing Quick is, time events. Yeah, but the funny thing about that, well, it's also just the way that everything, how everything works. Like, uh, Kratos is just more. They pull the cam. They pull the camera out, and there's a lot of wide angle shots and stuff. Yeah, and it's meant to be more flashy. But the action of that game is still not bad, and I still think it's a definitely a step up in terms of hack and slash games for uh, God of War. But it's definitely slower than Devil May Cry. It's way slower than Devil May Cry. And the funny thing about Devil May Cry One is that Devil May Cry actually kind of takes the name Spectacle Fighter now in my opinion, that and Bayonetta. And because yep. they're more about not only pulling off these incredibly high flashing combos, it's still also understanding enemy patterns and dodging and all this other good fun stuff. But to go back into Devil May Cry 1, the game was just pure action. And, and it's just amazing. Everything about it is fantastic, except for the story is corny as hell, and I love that. The voice acting was definitely a little like, why don't we have... Resident Evil levels of voice acting. There is parts of mul multiple parts of where the, the, it is straight up like Resident Evil style yeah, and, voicing. And it's hilarious. I love it. But that's also one of the things that gave it its charm with Dante was his character. And trust me, there's a reason we're going back into this. And that's one of the things I really liked about the first game was also the characterization of Dante because it's like, what if we had an actor who's actually kind of a smart ass? And well, actually kind of like see, just... See, the, the biggest thing that I'm going to get from the entire Devil May Cry series from Dante to Virgil V... And what's the other one? Nero? Yep. Yes. Most of them don't really, like, are like, oh my god, a demon. No, it's more of, like, they're annoyed. They're the, not... 
more annoyed is a good way of putting it, but then also kind of like they're excited in their own way, especially in the first game when Dante's like, oh, I get to fight. Hell yes. Everybody else would be like, horror games or action fighting bad. And then Dante's but, like, but it's demon. No, it's, but it's Devil like, May Cry wasn't really horror per se, though. It was supposed to be kind of a mix. If you, Especially if you listen to the castle theme in Devil May Cry 1. Oh, yeah, sure. It's creepy. That, that, that theme is creepy, and they wanted it to be unsettling to players. Uh, and actually, one thing that people don't realize about Devil May Cry 1 is that a lot of enemies actually have instant kill moves, which are supposed to be closer to like what a fatality would be inside of Mortal Kombat. Mm. And so that was supposed to be this idea of like horror-esque, but it just didn't really catch on. And so the game kind of like just became pure action. And especially once they came over to the third game, the masterpiece of the whole franchise. <laughs> no, I, I can't yeah. beat the first boss. Yeah. I Devil couldn't. Cerebrus or whatever. That, that thing. Cerebrus kicks yeah. a lot of people's asses. I love the nunchucks, dude. That's all I kept using the entire time was the nunchucks. I, I After I got those, I was like, that's all. That's, we're done. Michelangelo in this shit all day long. But in order to get people an idea of the third game, I love the third game because the third game is just the right level of difficulty, in my opinion, in terms of like if you really commit the time to it, you can get great at it. Mm. And one of the reasons I say this is because, obviously, games journalists could complete the third game. They must have been able to because they didn't give it a shit score. Or maybe they weren't able to do it and they just invited their kids over to do it at the office. Because the one game that I love to put on this list and comparing it to a difficulty would be God Hand. And God Hand got an abysmal score, and that's because no games journalist could actually beat the first fucking level. <laughs> um, and that is my story, and I'm sticking to it. That is the only way you could give a masterpiece like that game also a shit score. And Devil May Cry 3, a great score when they're both in the same console around the same era. Yeah, I don't understand that one still. But the point still being is that the third game, in my opinion, is still the best out of the whole franchise. No, no, I can hardly agree with you. Soundtrack-wise, weaponry-wise, it's not even just It's not even just all that. And I want to compare, like, all the games a little bit, but the one thing about 3 that it has is that 3, especially if you go into the series blind, has a really goddamn good story. And in terms of how they took Dante and how they introduced this entire scenario to him, it was, in my opinion, just genius. Because Dante really doesn't give a shit about what's going on around him. He really doesn't. That's the no. type of character that he is. It's like, well, he finds out that his brother's involved, so he's going to stop his brother. And so he gives a shit about that. But everything else around him could mean the nothing to him. And that's what kind of makes his character interesting, is because all he's really there to do is stop his brother, gives a shit about anybody else. But it wasn't until characters that were introduced later in the game, like Lady, that he actually gets invested a little bit to what he's doing. And he understands really why he's there and why he's doing what he is doing. And it really actually adds a bit of, you know, just intrigue to the character. He's not an asshole of a character. That's one thing that people kind of, like, misunderstand him for. He might be a little bit... Cocky. Cocky. He no. might not really care. Arrogant. Yeah, arrogant. But the thing about him is that he's never been straight up a dick for the sake of being a dick. And again, I bring this up as a reason later. Um, but the third game, just in my opinion, is perfect for the most part. Like, again, as Adam's saying, the weapons, the variety of weapons, the styles... The game allows you to play how you want to play. The game can be difficult, especially if you're newer to these types of games. Mm -hmm. It can be very difficult. Even by today's standards, again, like Josh was saying, Cerberus will kick your ass if you don't know what you're doing. A yep. lot of the bosses in this game will kick your ass. It's not one of those games that you can go in and expect button to mash. play. And button mash. You can't play whole, half-heartedly in these games. The game will just immediately answer you for your bullshit and kick your ass. And that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I love the Dome Christ franchise. Uh, but really, that's when 4 kind of took it into a different direction, in my opinion. In terms of... Oh, uh, yes. Because the thing about 4 is that I would say that by every stretch of the word, 4 is easier than 3. 4 yes. never challenged me No. in a way that was 
it, it had a few moments where I kind of got really pissed at the game, but that wasn't for the right reasons. Um, 4, and again, I went back to play 4 just to remind myself. And now, uh, to give you an idea, back when I played this game in high school, I absolutely fucking hated 4. It was one of the, in my opinion, at that point in time, when I was in high school, it was one of the worst games I played in terms of just what it came from and how far from grace it Oh yeah, because everyone was so excited and all of a sudden like they showed off Dante constantly. They did the same thing with Metal Gear Solid 2 yeah. with Voltaire playing his snake and then there's Raiden. And then... And well, oh, that's right. You were supposed to play that too, did you? What's that? Uh, Revenge is yeah. not a chance. But but I, I, I have it too. I might just play it again. The thing that made me happy 4 is that even though they showed off a lot of Dante, they did show a lot of Nero in 4 as well. And they did introduce you to him, especially back when I read Game Informers and I was really keeping my eye on 4. I was super excited for it. I could not wait to get my hands on it. And then I get into the game and it's a kiddie pool compared to 3 in terms of, like, complexity. And that was one of the things that even going back to playing this game again, I, I am shocked how naked of a character Nero is compared to Dante. He's and, 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 and this is the reason why my opinion varies so wildly on this series because the third game to me took this game into a direction of you have five different guns, you have five different weapons, you have five different styles, you have all of these options of how to play Dante and no answer is right. It's not like there's a right answer for every situation. It allows you to play how you want to play. And then you go get Nero in four, and it is one sword, one gun, no styles. He has an arm that pretty much auto plays half the game for yeah, him. Yeah, and don't forget, you can also rev your sword. Yeah, nobody fucking did that anyway. The the, the framing for actually doing that in Devil May Cry 4, which was... And here's an idea. You were supposed to weave that with inside of your basic auto attacks. The frame for that, the frame of window for that was like four fucking frames in-game. And yeah. for anybody who doesn't understand what that means, there's 60 frames in a second... In real life, so one Mississippi, that is a second, me saying that line. You have a four frame window within inside of that window to hit this button perfectly to actually rev the sword fully. Next to impossible. Yeah. Especially on 60 FPS hardware that we have now. It was a little bit easier back on the Xbox back when the game was 30 FPS, but it was still next to impossible. So most players just didn't do it because it wasn't worth it. No. So part of the, one of the most important parts of Nero's kits was just unusable for most of the basic player base, myself included at the time. But that doesn't matter because the game, in my opinion, without that is still so fucking piss easy that you didn't even need it. Well, his demon arm thing, so, it, like, that was so OP. So it wasn't really... Well, so the whole idea with Nero that makes him interesting, and this is where I will... Wait, wait, wait say that again. Try that one more time. What? Nero interesting. Now, I, give me, uh, this is where I'll give him credit for this. The thing about Dante in both DMC1 and DMC3 is that one of his moves that he has is a move called Stinger. This, is a, this iteration of a move is in every game, which is basically you charge the enemy. However, the thing is, is with Stinger is that for Dante and everybody else, it has very bad knockback. And the idea is what if you're using a melee weapon, you want to stay close to your enemy, so this is counterintuitive. It allows you to zone and get into the enemy's face faster, but you're also knocking them away. However, Nero solves this problem by having his devil arm, which allows him to basically use a move like Stinger, throw the enemy away, and then use the arm to grab them from large distances and pull them to himself so he can continue the combo, which is actually a really cool idea. The problem is, is that it's literally the only fucking thing he really does out of his whole kit. The whole idea behind the game is just, okay, well, you have this demon arm, and they're like, okay, well, we added this, and it can do stuff. What do we do with it? Uh, platforming challenges? Okay, um, let's make it to where when you use it on specific enemies in combat, Nero will do a very flashy animation with them that requires no input for the player while he does things for you. You mean, like, 
God of War? No, 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 no. It's still like Devil May Cry. It's just... Oh, it is a little bit like God of War, just with a little bit. It's a lot like without God. the button improv to tell you how to do this. So, to give you an idea, one of the fights that you get in the game, a uh, spoilers, you fight Dante. Dante's boss fight without using the arm is incredibly fucking difficult, because Dante is not a pushover character. He will parry you. He will dodge you. He will do everything to not get hit by you. So what you do is you literally shoot him into an animation. So he's shooting back at you, so he parries the bullets with your bullets, which is kind of cool when you think about it. Mm -hmm. But the whole idea is that you shoot him, and then once he's doing that, you just grab him with the arm and you just hit him. And then you continuously do this over and over and over again, and the boss fight's over. So you cheese it. You basically cheese it. That's how the developers kind of wanted you to do it, and it's just like, why? Why did we go from such a free-range style uh, of organic, like... Choices! Choices! Play how you want to play. Do you want to play with guns as Dante No Cry 3 and you have Gunslinger and you have different varieties of guns to play this? Go at it. Sword Mastered, five different fucking sword weapons, you know, like weapons that are different. Like you have a fucking a guitar that's electricity. You have a, a great it's cool. I didn't know that. Yes, you have a guitar that shoots electricity. It's huh. fucking awesome. They're electric bats. He literally shoots electric fucking bats out of a guitar. I can't make this shit up. It's awesome. Huh. Yeah, it was, a, it was a guitar scythe. Yeah, it's a guitar scythe. He has a great sword. He has gauntlets that are on both his feet and his arms. Uh, he has, what else was the other weapons? There's the nunchucks, like he's saying, personal favorite of many people. Um, and what was the other weapon? Uh, an Anjin Ruja, which is a uh, dual wielding. Oh, weapons. right. Dual wielding swords. So Dante has all this fucking variety of how you play these characters and how you play them in three. And the best thing is, is that you could switch between two weapons at any time. So you could switch between any two choices of weapons and any two choices of gun at any point in time. So you have just organic choices of how you want to play the game. And then Nero has none of that in four. He literally has fucking none of that in 4, and it's like, why would you do this to him? Why would you take this this franchise into this direction? And it's interesting, because this is something that's a little bit of a side rant, but if you actually go and watch the anime Bleach, and, then you, play, Bleach. and then you play Double May Cry 4, you will notice a very unsettling numbers of just comparisons between Ichigo and Nero. They have the same voice actor. They basically both use the same type of weapon. They both have a... And if I'm correct, that's the guy who did, used to be a Power Ranger, the Black Ranger, in, like, one of the seasons. I don't know. I don't... I know, I think I it was. Give, I don't give a shit about the voice actor. He sucks. I'm sorry, I'm gonna... Spoil I don't now. mind. I like him as Ichigo. Yeah, he sucks ass. He sucks ass as a voice actor. He needs to learn how to do more than one fucking voice, and he needs to learn how to do more than one personality. I'm just gonna say that now. So, he has the same cardboard fucking cutout of a girlfriend who has no fucking importance to the goddamn story. If you go and look at Ichigo and Nero as characters, they're almost one for one the same fucking character. But what's interesting is that we figured out is that DMC4 actually predates Bleach. So one of the things I think happened is that people who are working on Bleach and Devil May Cry 4 were friends, and that's why we have very comparable characters. This has happened a lot in Japanese media, where there will be uh, Pokemon, Incineroar, I brought this up to my friend earlier. People don't realize that Incineroar is actually based off of another manga with a heel wrestler. And mm. that was the idea, was that, oh, well, Incineroar was supposed to be a wrestler, and they were talking to this other person making this manga, and that's why Incineroar came to be what he was. It's interesting when you think about it, but the problem with this example of DMC4 and Bleach is that the characters are too fucking similar. And it was bad. Like, you go from Dante being a, a smartass to having character development inside of 3, which was really good character development, to 4 of Nero kind of being a punk-ass bitch loser, and kind of just like, you know, not doing much other than screaming very loudly. 
Um, I don't like that. I did not like that at all. And I guess to give people an idea, people are like, so wait, is Nero Dante's son? They look very similar. Unfortunately, no. Originally, the idea was supposed to be that Dante was supposed to have a son and it was supposed to be Nero. But spoiler alert, into Devil May Cry, guess who his father actually is? So a character we have not talked about yet on this podcast. Unfortunately, one of my favorite characters in gaming, who in my opinion, Capcom has absolutely, um... Ruined? Yes, uh, I was going to say the other very, very powerful R word, but I'm not going to go that far because that's a little too strong. But uh, at the same fucking time, yeah, no, they absolutely destroyed my favorite fucking character, who is Virgil. Virgil in 3 is actually the main antagonist. Virgil wants power. He wants Dante's power. He wants to be the strongest. He's very insecure about himself somewhat in the fact that he just wants to be the strongest. He wants to prove to everybody he is the strongest, and he's willing to destroy the entire fucking world to do this. So in the third game, the whole plot, Virgil comes back to get Dante's amulet that they had a mom with an amulet that was meant to the sword that connects the demon world, blah, 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 whatever the fuck. Comes back, summons a giant tower, wants to fight, you know, he wants to fucking merge the two worlds together so he can obtain the ultimate power and you know, Dante's like, no, I'm going to stop you. And so, whatever, that's Virgil's character in a nutshell. He's kind of what you'd call the Lancer of a group, if anybody knows what that means in terms of writing. Mm-mm. But then so, the idea behind Virgil is that he fucking hates humanity, has a goddamn good reason to do so. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like demons, also has a goddamn good reason not to like demons. And then in the fourth game, they're like, so how do we tell players that Virgil actually fucked a whore? And that's how Nero came to be. That's pretty much accurate. No, that is actually what happened. No, yeah. He fucks the town whore, and then he gets her pregnant, and then he just becomes a bum father, I guess, fucks off, and then Nero comes to be as a character. Hmm. I, 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 I'm speechless. I just how fucking... Just, it doesn't make sense for him as a character of why this events happen. I don't under-fucking-stand it. So... Everyone needs love, Andrew, okay? God. Yeah, apparently, I guess. So, canonically, Dante's still a virgin, because Dante's never had sex, sex from what I can tell. I'm gonna say that's a flat-out lie. What about, what about, uh, uh, what was her name, Trish? Yeah, I don't know, man. Weren't weren't they dating or something? Isn't Trish, like, a clone of his mother? Yeah, she's meant to look like his mom. She's meant to look like his mom, so I'm gonna tell you right now. So, that right there is uncomfortable. Yeah, Yeah, so I'm gonna tell you right now, like, Dante's probably like, probably has, like, an emotional connection to her on the fact that, like, hey, you know what? I really like you because you look like my mom, and I feel really bad about how you were summoned into the world with Mundus. But you know what? I'm not fucking somebody who looks like my mom. Right. You know what? More power to Dante. That's like Dr. Was it Fordian or whatever his name is? The one who's just, like... Floridian? Yeah. It's that... a Floridian complex. Yeah, Dante is yeah. as far as I can tell. Yeah, thank God. But then, so, then there's a character named Lady, which, you know, as far as I can tell, Lady is a lesbian from the fifth game, so they wrote that, so Dante's yeah. not getting any putang there. So as far as I can tell, no, Dante's still... She could be bi. Dante is a virgin. I don't believe that. That was my favorite Photoshop of the fucking IGN cover. I don't think he is. There's a great picture where it has, like, Dante. Do you remember the old IGN yeah. like, poster? It's like, half man, half demon, pure vengeance. And yeah. somebody just Photoshopped it, so it's half man, half demon, pure virgin. So, <laughs> yes, that's Dante, in my opinion. Dante, canonically, to me, is a virgin, which is fan-fucking-tastic. Love I don't think he is. Sorry. Huh. I, dis- I, t- I strongly disagree with you. How old is Dante? Does he age in, he, in the original Devil May Cry games? He, he does age, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, he's got to be at least in his like, mid-40s in Devil May Cry 5. Yeah, mm. I don't know how that equates to demons and whatever aging, but who cares. Nah. Point still being, fourth game. The fourth game just took a lot of bullshit from the series and just threw it out the window. And it's just like, why? This is all the meat of the games. Why did you get rid of this? So I was really interested going into 5. Yes, we're finally now just getting to fucking 5 to figure out 
how does this all pan together? And to give credit to four, halfway through four, before we go into five, I need to talk about and bring up Dante one more time. Because halfway through four, Dante, like the fourth game becomes fucking amazing because it allows you to play as Dante. And yeah. you're like, hey, guess what? Here's new weapons. Here's all the styles. You can switch between them on the fly in game. Playing Dante is so much fun. Yes. And, and then it's like, okay, well, here's all these new weapons. Here's all these new guns. You can switch between all the styles on the fly within the game. You, you have all of this variety to him. You don't have to use this bullshit arm that they gave Nero. He has the pure organic gameplay that he had before. And on top of that, Dante takes the fucking piss out of the story. You have Nero acting like a little whiny bitch-ass fuck like he always does. Kyrie, my girlfriend, I couldn't save her. And Dante's like, whatever, kid, you fucking idiot. And then Dante's like, hey, hey, boss, how's it going? Yeah, you're an idiot, fuck you. And then, like, you know, he's going to say, fuck you. I mean, yeah. But, you know, point still being is like... You mean he's not like the emo guy from DMC? No, I had to throw that in there. I'm sorry. I'm glad somebody got that reference. But no, Dante literally just like, hey, hey, babe, how's it going? And it's like a demon snake lady. And she's like, who the hell are you? And Dante's like, you want to smash? And then she's like, I want to smash. And then Dante's like, all right, let's smash. And then subs his sword like straight through her chest. You know, that's kind of Dante's style of whatever, I guess, personality. But the whole idea is that then they're like, here's Dante. And it's like, oh my God, this game just got amazing. So it's like in, be in in the middle of development, somebody said, you know, Nero kind of sucks. What if we put Dante in here and actually fix the rest of this game? Yeah, that's probably it. And imagine if Nero is the, like, imagine Devil May Cry 3 is one of the best meals you've ever had. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a little bit of nostalgia in there, which is why the game, why it, why it tasted better back in the day. You go back to it now, and it might not taste as good. It's still a really good meal. Not the best. You go into Devil May Cry 4, and it is a bland butter sandwich of a game. Uh, with Do with not Nero just whatever being the asshole that he is and just completely just making the game uninteresting and then halfway through that sandwich you bite into it and it's one of the best tasting things you've ever had you don't know what it is yeah it's just fantastic and then you love it and the game's like here you go it's like a super plain sandwich with an amazing dessert yes but but it's halfway through the sandwich and then you eat it and it's just like oh god this is amazing and you continue eating the sandwich and then all of a sudden you're back to butter and sandwich again and it's like what happened. Oh, what happened? They made you play Nero again. Oh. They're like, oh, by the way, Dante's no longer playable in the story. Haha. -ha. So now you get to play as Nero again. What happens to Dante? Why don't they let you play as him? Uh, like story-wise, like where does he go? He constantly, he's, so, so, he's doing things. So to give you an idea of the story, you basically find the, the, the savior is this giant ass fucking statue. Literally like New York skyscraper size. Jeez. Like it's huge, right? And so while Nero is being a little whiny pussy-ass bitch inside of the statue, Dante comes to rescue him. And then Dante wakes him up and he's like, okay, kid, you get a chance to try to save the world. Because, you know, Dante's a bro like that. Really nice guy. Not a smart ass. You know, he's a smart ass, but he's not an asshole. He's like, Nero, Well, he missed some times he played ba could have played baseball with him, his nephew. So yeah. he's just like, go get him, kid. Yeah, go get him, champ. That's the type of person Dante is. Like, go get him, champ. You've got this. And so you can't play Dante in the mission. But, it's you know, it's Dante being like, you know what? I could save the world right now. I'm gonna give Nero a chance. And you know what, to me, I like Dante for that. I love Dante for that. It makes him it makes him a smartest, but it also shows his way of caring for others. He loves to give people the chance to, you know, to impress him. And so I respect him for that. Too bad it's wasted on Nero, the mm -hmm. worst fucking character ever. But yeah, that's why. So Dante's fighting this giant fucking ass statue, like this 50 goddamn story statue outside. And you know, he's effortlessly kind of just like, whatever, just doing whatever he does, because it's Dante. And then Nero's on the inside with his fucking cardboard cutout of a girlfriend with some old man, like, 
I'm going to kill her, Nero. And he's like, Kitty, hey, no! And, and, then, and then then it stuff happens, and then Nero kind of wins, whatever. And then Dante's like, you did it, kid. And then Nero's like, what do I do now? And uh, Dante's like, I'm walking away. I don't care. And so that's, yeah, that's, how, the- that's how four ends. This party's getting crazy. Let's rock. starts out where so I need to say this with five because this is where immediately I fucking hated the writing with five and I'm sorry it's all over the place it's all over the fucking place so to get back into talking about Dante's character he's a smart ass he's not an asshole I want to reiterate this fact so what do they do in the opening of the game Nero fuck off you're dead weight yeah he calls him dead weight, and it's just like, excuse me, what the fuck? You're going in this direction with Dante's So wife. it's almost like the the writers or the developers had a direct response with the hate that people had for Nero, and they're just like, let's just trash this guy right away. Now, if that was a stab at Nero because of the way the fans yeah. tra- treated Nero... That's what I'm thinking. I would be okay with that to an extent, but it's not. not. Fortunately, they play up this melodrama in the very beginning of the game, and I don't understand why. Don't get me wrong. In the third game, did like Dante and Lady as characters have like get a little bit over their head? Yes, but it was never helpless. The fourth game never had this moment of helplessness in the scenario. Dante and Trish and everybody else knew what the fuck they were doing, but it was just focused on Nero to let Nero have his coming of age whatever you want to call it, like him coming up through the ranks, you know, this is him sure. learning. And I respect four for that more now than I did back then. And I really enjoyed that. But then I play five and five literally just takes it and just whiplashes out in the other direction. And at the very beginning of the game, Nero is missing his arm because a mysterious figure rips off his arm. No, he rips it, cuts it off with a katana. No, no, no. He just rips it off. Are you sure? I swear to God, he no, used he the katana. No, he rips it off. The okay. katana's in the arm. The person oh, wants the katana in the okay. arm. So he just rips off his fucking arm. Which was his metal. demon arm. Yeah, his, his demon. demon arm. So, the opening of the game is Nero without his arm, and you get to start in the opening, and it's like, okay, cool, Nero. What does he have new in this game? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> By the way, oh, so one of the other things that they did in the game is that Dante starts out with a very basic move set in three, but it's still pretty complex, right? So the thing is, is that in order to show Nero and how bland of a character he is, they had to take away basic control functions from Nero that Dante just has out of the box and make those upgrades to Nero. Just so you actually feel like Nero is getting improvements of a character, Mm -hmm. and literally his improvements of a character are the base fucking level of Dante in 3. Yes. Huh. Cole hardly agree. So it's almost like to show how crappy of a character Nero really is. Yes, and that's and that's one of the things that I can show why Nero sucks. Is it's not just game. It's not just story. It's not just voice actor. It's not just writing. It literally goes into gameplay. Yeah. He's literally worse than Dante in three at a base fucking level when he's fully fucking upgraded. And I do not understand why they thought that that was a good idea. So when you go into Devil May Cry 5, again, he's missing everything. And so you have to upgrade him again. To be fair, he had his arm ripped off. That would kind of leave me a little rusty, too. I'm not going to give him too much shit for that. But the point still being is that now you don't have the arm. 
and you start the game off, and then you go into the cutscene, and then immediately it starts with this melodrama of, look, everybody's losing this fight. Everybody's... Demon, uh, demons are just this thing sprouting from the ground. Mm-hmm. Weird alien, like, like weird ant-like demons, yeah. wasn't it? Like, they were ants, pretty much, Yeah, right? they're pretty much ants because it's a giant tree that they're coming yeah, out Yeah, and so, like, oh, there's, like, these little basic, like, insect demons, and they're just kicking the living crap. There's people, like, like stri- straight up, like, I can't believe it's not Eastern Europe shooting the living crap out of these demons losing. Yeah, <laughs> and so you go into this cutscene of Nero being useless, and Dante, you're dead weight, Nero, whatever. Like, again, like to me, that was just the biggest, like, fuck you that Dante could have ever said to the character, and that's just not in Dante's character. No. He wouldn't say anything like that. And mm-hmm. so, to me, the opening of this game just really shows that the writers don't know what they're doing with these characters anymore. No. And so, the whole game starts off basically with Dante losing, Lady losing, and Trish losing, who are two, two, two other characters, who kind of just get fridged immediately in the game for the sake of, hey, do you guys remember Lady and Trish? Yeah, we remember Lady and Trish. By the way, they're not important. Here's a brief cameo by people that you remember from yes. the old games. Well, needless to say, like, Dante goes full demon mode and still gets his butt kicked. And still gets his axe kicked, and it's just like... What's this, this melodrama? This series never focused on this. This series has always been over-the-top action, people being smart asses, even in the face of imminent danger. Why the melodrama now? Just to play up the tension of, oh, look, the characters are in over their heads. No, that's not what this series has been about. That's not what the writing of the series has been about. Right. Why are you changing it now? And, and to be fair, fine. Let's just agree with that's what they did and why they wanted to do it, whatever. What did they do it and why did they do it? They did it so Nero could look more impressive on his up-and-coming-of-age ceremony mm-hmm. again of a character. They really want to play into this idea that Nero is just as equal as Dante and Virgil for some fucking reason. Like, the little kids And then up don't forget the other character, the mysterious character that goes by V. v. Yeah. See, here's the one thing, though. Playing as V, I like the music. His soundtrack is really good to me. His to soundtrack, me. Yeah, his soundtrack's good. I will agree with that. I, you know, it's subjective. I liked his soundtrack, but that is subjective to everybody, obviously. But then the idea within the opening cutscene is that now, once everybody lo- loses and they walk away from all these people being slaughtered by demons, and it's like, no, kid, we got to come back and try again. And then it's Nero and V. And then it's Nero and Nero's... Uh, friend i already forget her fucking name the mechanic the, the one mechanic. here i yeah. already forget her fucking name because i already didn't like her character either because it was just like, people, you see, people have a problem with her accent i don't care about her accent she has like a jersey accent i don't mind her accent i, don't I thought mind. it was southern uh, it's a little bit southern and a little bit mixed it's kind of a mix so my one friend said it was midwestern slash southern i don't know i think it's kind of a mixture of both it's hard to explain i don't know her accent's everywhere in my opinion but the point still being is i don't hate her character she would fit in the double way cry universe but she really in my opinion she does she does but then the writing of her still weird like you have this character who's enjoying the moment she is the embodiment of like if a human's in the Dolmen Cry franchise this is how she would act because she's in on the action she's having a good time she knows that they're in over their head but hell she's gonna have a fun time all doing it but then her just the her mannerisms of how she speak speaks just gets me because like even in the opening cutscene like Nero starts doing stuff in front of them and like she's like you see that that's Nero he's one badass fucking demon that, I made that arm yeah, kind of yeah. situation she talks about the arms which oh, okay and yeah we need to get into the arm because Nero there are gets multi- a new no, arm. there are different arms there are multiple arms there is the standard arm which has a, like a grappling hook ability if I'm remember correctly no so the idea is that they realize that well we can't change Nero by ripping off his arm and not give him the arm ability so after the opening cutscene you get your arm abilities back that you kind of had in the other games sort of 
And that one is the basic grab function I was talking about. The thing is, is that now that Nero doesn't have his demonic arm, he now has access to prosthetics. Practice with a hot dog. Yes. Now, his prosthetic arms are a little bit interesting because what they allow Nero to do is kind of have the closest thing to weapon switching. And now the developers said, and I quote, we don't want Nero to act and play too much like Dante. Then they're the same character, and we don't want that. So we added this to the game. And But one of the problems that they added to the game, and so the reason why this quote was spawned, is that Nero has like a different variety of like 12 different arms you can choose from. That sounds fantastic yeah, on paper. Sure. That's a lot of variants of gameplay, right? Yep. There's no way to switch between them in combat. Huh? Yes. So what does that mean? Like, so, how do you, you have switch? To use up your arm. So your arm has a limit before it just goes. So basically, your arm kind of has its own button, right? Kind of like your style button. So when you use the arm to grab, that's its own separate entity, right? But now if you go into using your arm's abilities, every arm acts differently. So you might have an arm that is a rocket arm that shoots out and hits mm -hmm. enemies and then punches them. You have an arm that is like a corkscrew that is good for piercing defenses. You have an arm that literally turns your sword into just a flaming, just rocket of death. You have yeah. all these different arms that have different mechanics to them. The problem is, is that you can't freely switch between them and they're like an ammo based system. So, oh, so you, you can have, run out. You yeah. can easily run out, and ever so often. So you can't run. even animation cancel. No, that sucks. So one thing <laughs> is, is that in order to actually, so now let's just say you have one arm that you're using a lot, but you want the other arm for this situation coming out. You actually have a self-destruct button you can use for your arms. And now, granted, they do a shit ton of damage. They give you a lot of style points, and they can be used to cancel certain boss attacks. But it still comes into this idea that Nero's kit is limited as a handicap to, to the character because they don't want Nero and Dante playing too much alike each other. Which is and brings up my whole question of, well, if people want to play Dante, why did you fucking bother with Nero? Yeah. Why did you bother adding him to this game? Why did you bother making the story revolve around him? Why did you bother at all when we all wanted to play fucking Dante? Again, brings up the question, four didn't need to have Nero, five didn't need to fucking have Nero, why is he here? Yeah. So yeah, they they just keep trying to put this Nero character like no you'll like him just like Raiden you'll like Raiden no no not a lot of people like Raiden in Metal but Gear Raiden Solid. Raiden grew on people. Raiden had a reason to be there. Raiden story like story wise. Well no Raiden like throughout the game like was this whiny little brat and then all of a sudden you come to that point to where like is this real is this not real the VR thing he talked about was just as real as it can get and all of a sudden this stuff is happening really weird and it's like does it, you had a question it and then he did become a cyborg I'm just surprised that in DMC5 they didn't have Nero be you can have the character be the main focus of the story but still have the player only play as Dante yes and in my opinion I would have liked that a lot more because I did not because there I... are there is some parts throughout the game where you have an option between do you want to play as V or do you want to play as Nero and I'm sorry you always I pick me I I like I had a better time playing as V than I did with Nero because one, his combos were those weird Raven and that Panther he has, and so that's and why he I, can control them. That's why I brought my Monster Zero Energy Ultra because a lot of Devil May Cry Five is the developers going. You guys remember this from Devil May Cry One? We remember this from Devil May Cry 1. Devil May Cry 1 was awesome. So you remember Phantom and Griffin from Devil May Cry 1? They're in Devil May Cry 5. They're V's weapons, actually. You remember this? We remember this. And so 5 has all these fucking callbacks to the older games without earning them. 
newer players aren't going to realize these are all fucking references, and the references are fucking wasted on older generation people too, because we're not because people like myself don't look at this and go, oh man, I remember those games. Right. I look at this and I go, you're purely trying to fucking pander to me to butter me up to just, you know, cover up the fact that you really are just not you have no fucking clue what you're doing at this point with this game. You really fucking don't. You obviously fucking don't know what you're doing. And so B is added into the game. Out of the blue. He really has no reason to fucking be here. He's got a cane sword and he has a book. No, it's not he... even a sword, it's just a cane. He just has a cane and a sword. Alright, he just has a cane and a book. I and thought then... I thought the sword no. he I thought it pulled out Oh, okay, I guess no, I'm it, it, it just it's just a cane. He has a cane and he has a book. And his and he has three demons that he has under his control, which is Griffin, again, which is a reference to Devil May Cry One. He has Nightmare, which is a boss in Devil May Cry One. Yep. And he has Panther, which is a cry is a callback to the shadows in Devil May Cry One. Yes. So again, he is literally just pandering the character. And now so if anybody else ever went into this game thinking, V, that's interesting. Virgil starts. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Virgil starts with the V. Why is his character name is V? Mm. And if anybody out there is fucking blindsided by the fact, spoiler alert, that V and dun, Virgil, dun, dun. that V and Virgil are the same fucking character. I'm sorry. Didn't Go back he, to kindergarten. He, didn't he cut his human self or something like we'll, that? Wasn't we'll, it? We'll get to that because this is going to be where my itch with the story comes into play. And so you get to play as V. And at first, I looked at V and I was like, V has some interesting gameplay elements to him. But he didn't need to be an old separate fucking character. This literally could have just been an addition to Nero's arm and a combo system of making Nero a puppet character as well as everything else that he has in his very basic fucking kit. And this would have been awesome. Instead, they added V, who is a puppet character and who is so goddamn piss fucking easy to play that I'm glad that fucking Helen Keller could literally play this character and get a triple S rank. No, yeah, yeah seriously. It was Jeez. the most easiest to guess S rank. And, and I for, got an S rank all the time. And for children who don't know who Helen Keller is, she is a blind deaf girl who was taught how to speak and read, which was very impressive. But she could even get an S triple S rank on this game by just blindly slapping buttons on the controller. And I'm not even exaggerating when I'm saying this to you right now. I watched live streams to not be bored while I was playing V. <laughs> Literally sitting there, holding R1 and spamming the three same buttons over and over and over again, watching a fucking live stream. That was the whole game where they forced me to play as V. Goddamn, I'm glad I got to experience that See, high I rather play... octane excitement of a video game that I get to watch a live stream a fucking live stream of somebody else playing a video game instead of paying attention to the fucking video game I'm playing <laughs> fuck V yeah right I'm sorry fuck V on top of the fact that V adds nothing I might put an explicit tag on this podcast no, just, to, just, just to add it, to the insult to these, this, this it series needs, it needs to be there yeah because again I cannot fathom why they went to the direction they did for this game and for this series. And if there is a Devil May Cry 6, I have no clue what the hell they're going to do with these When did Devil May Cry 5 come out? Uh, two years, years ago. ago. Two, uh, was it three or two? Three. Yeah, so three it released ago. after DMC. Yes. And DMC was what? Their failed attempt to reboot the series? Uh, no, that was, was Ninja Theory. Yeah, that was Ninja Theory. And that Okay, was, so it was like a parallel, parallel thing. to me, I... DMC Devil May Cry is number two in my favorite out of the entire. Well, thing. I'm just I'm just thinking if if they were to like do a reboot or whatever. 
So they already tried and they failed, so they just kept I on think, going. I think DMC had better bosses, a better story. I think the problem with DMC, Devil May Cry, and going back and actually, and the problem is it doesn't run very well on my computer, but I get to play quite a few of the missions, is that to me as a fan, when you tell me that this is not the same Dante, and this is not the same game, and this is not the same universe as the other Devil May Cry, I myself can set aside my expectations of what Dante and Virgil and how these characters are supposed to be in the original canonical Devil May Cry universe. And then I can set that aside and I can enjoy what you're going to do with these characters in a different, separate universe. They do not have to be the same fucking character. Dante does not need to be the smart, the, the wisecrack smartass that he is inside of the original series in the DMC Devil May Cry universe in terms of the new series. Right. He can be emo if you want him to be. You know what? More power to you. You're trying to actually step away and you're not, and you're willing to take the risk with fans and alienating fans for the sake of telling a story and telling something that you want to tell. Yep. I am fine with that. I can accept that because it's separate. Yep. And if the game isn't bad on its own merits, fine. I can accept that. So DMC Devil May Cry is not offensive to me as a fan. Watching some of the cutscenes, watching some of the story and reading into it, I actually kind of appreciate this fact that it's a different spin on a series I love. It isn't as good as the original series, in my opinion. I think you should just stick with the original. But it's not bad. It is <laughs> worth playing. It is worth going through. It is worth enjoying. Just do not think of this as the same Dante, the same Virgil, the same characters. They're just what if you different. take what if you take the story elements away and just go off of pure gameplay? What do you think of that? A DMC Devil Yeah, it's easier than the other main games in my opinion, still, but mm. it's not bad. It's still fun and it's still engaging enough to where it's not hack and slash levels, but it's definitely a good starting point for newer players. Sure. So I would definitely see say even on the merits of gameplay, it's worth picking up. There's enough variety for you to enjoy yourself here. Yeah. And I would say go for it, honestly. But going back into 5, because right. I want to go back into 5. Yeah. So this is why I don't care for 5, because 5 now is telling me that this is the same canonical Dante, who has now become a wisecrack and smartass into this kind of a dick character in the beginning. Virgil in the whole series is, God bless his heart. He goes from being a very stoic, silent, almost very, you know, vengeful character to fucking a whore in four and then having no importance to the goddamn story other than he's the reason Nero exists. And we'll get to his character in five a little bit. What DLC was Virgil's downfall? What game was that to? That mean? was in Devil May Cry. Was that DMC Devil May Cry? That was okay. DMC Devil May Cry where he was in the the, the demon universe battling. I was yeah. wondering where the DLC came from. Yeah, that was in DMC Devil May Cry. Okay. Now, the thing is, is that Virgil has been in every game. And now, one thing I'm glad to say after playing five with Virgil, Virgil is also the funniest ways to break these games. Virgil is over-fucking-powered in every game he has His played. slash, Jesus. Like, yeah. his just, his his attacks are just so, like, so the, devastating. The thing that's great about Virgil is not only is all of his attacks great, he has a fucking teleport that animation cancels almost every attack animation he has. So his chaining and combo potentials are ridiculous. His <laughs> skill ceiling is so fucking high that, again, if you're not very good at the game, you probably will get, you know, some pretty decent results out of them. But if you know how to abuse the mechanics they give you, good fucking lord, does he absolutely break the games over the knees. And it's so much fun. He's so fun to play. But why is his character just everywhere? So, 
and we'll get into it more. So in 4, Nero, honestly, again, is not worth fucking paying attention to. Yeah. He is introduced as his character to having connections to the whole event that is happening. Basically, this giant tree is sprouting out of the fucking ground. It's, spra it's spawning all these demons. People don't know what the hell's going on. We have to figure out who's, what's going on here. And we get up to the top of the, the tree, and you play as Nero this whole entire time, and I'm not going to go to the cutscenes of all that, because it's really not important. It's important that he climbs the tree. Gets to the top, and you're going to fight the very first boss of the game again. So, this game does the one cardinal sin of gaming that I cannot fucking stand. Which is, you fight the boss a second time, and the boss is probably going to kick most casual players' ass. Mm -hmm. And so the game gives you Dante to fight this character. And then they give Dante this new overpowered MacGuffin of a sword, and suddenly the fight is fucking piss goddamn easy. Not because you, of the player, has been skilled enough to do this, but literally because they give you a weapon that breaks the fucking fight. <laughs> and it's like, that is insulting to the player base. Sure. Do not fucking do that. Devil May Cry 3 did not do that. Devil May Cry 4 did not do that. Devil May Cry 5 did not need to do that, but for some fucking reason, the developers missed the fucking footnotes of when you have a boss or you have a challenge in these games, it needs to be overcome by player fucking skill. Yeah. If the player is skilled enough to do X thing, then that's the whole focus of the game. See, see, you said that, and I immediately, my brain just immediately went to Metroid Dread, like the different tiers of bosses. Yeah. It's like, as you get through each section of a boss, you're required to do more yes. from the previous section. Yes. You're physically getting better. better. You're physically getting yeah. better. And so it's this whole idea that, again, in all the other Devil May Cry games, you get better, and you play better, and you feel better as a player. Sure. Five has this boss fight where you literally just wipe the fucking floor with this boss because they give you the overpowered MacGuffin of the day to fight him. Mm. So then this is about where it starts to get revealed that the big the big bad guy this whole time has been Virgil. Yeah, he <laughs> casted out his human side, a.k.a. V, or something. He casted something out. He so, used his katana, slashed himself, and then that's how V was born. So, and this is where, again, the story... It goes way off the fucking tracks. And this is the way I want to put it. I do not think the same writer worked on 3, who worked on 4, who worked on 5. Maybe the same writer was in 4 and 5, but whoever wrote the story did not write point A from point B at the very start of this series and not had well. a definitive answer. Yeah. No. He wrote 3, and then 4 was written, and then 5 was written. So it wasn't that he had all these written at one time, it was written as he went. And it's more than a fucking parent with this type of story. Because canonically, Dante has not only been stabbed by his own fucking sword yep. in 3, which by the way in 5... Wasn't he stabbed by his own sword in 1? Not Rebellion. Oh, no, okay. Rebellion, the, the, the difference there is not Rebellion. Rebellion is the important sword here. Okay. Because in 3 he gets stabbed by his own fucking sword, in the chest by Virgil. Mm-hmm. And now, a lot of people say, well, that's why his demon power is awakened. And it's not because, but to me, I answer you, it was not because of the fucking sword was stabbed to his chest. It was because Dante was in a point of desperation and the demon power awakens inside of him to save himself. Sure. It was not because of the fucking sword. No. So now what ends up happening in the beginning of the game is Rebellion is broken, which is Dante's staple sword. So he then gets the idea, well, wait a minute. Virgil stabbed himself with his own sword. So if I stab myself with my own sword, I'm going to get a more powerful sword. What? Yep. The fuck? Am I... Okay, Dante has a new powerful sword. Uh, what the fuck happened here? And so the whole story idea is that Virgil decides to commit seppuku or whatever... Uh, seppuku? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seppuku. Yeah, yeah. yeah, seppuku. And not that he meant to do that to kill himself, but I guess for some fucking reason, 
Virgil's sword now can do that. It can separate his human self from his demon self. Uh, excuse me. Going back a few pages here in the story. Yes, writer. Virgil has also canonically stabbed Dante with his fucking sword. Why did this not happen then? Yeah. Right. Answer me. Yeah. Answer me. No, you're not going to? Okay, cool. Fuck off. So the whole story of five, in my opinion, is just fucking bullshit. Because obviously any of these logics that you're going to ask of questions to the other games just do not apply. Because the writer doesn't want those answers to apply. Hmm. Fine. Fine, I fucking guess. So V is literally just Virgil and his human self. And his demon self is the thing that you fight inside of the tree. So now everybody, did you remember the lore I told you in Devil May Cry 3? Virgil brings a giant tower to the human world to fuse the human world and the demon world together so he right. can obtain the ultimate power. So the lore to Devil May Cry 5 is Virgil summons a giant tree uh, that kind of looks like a tower to the human world so he can merge the two. So they're rehashing the story? Like they they're, they're, just, they're just trying to do the story they again. Literally fucking rehashing. I thought the he was getting like a story. I, I thought he needed a bunch of human blood to make something. I thought it was like like the apple, like like the Garden of Eve kind of thing with like you know, the apple. Yes. I swear to God, right? Yes. But here's the thing. It's still the same fucking story. No, I it's agree. literally the same fucking story. They yes. rehash the same fucking story. And they think people like me aren't going to fucking realize that. And they're going to be like, you guys remember Devil May Cry 3? Well, we brought back the story of Devil May Cry 3. But with Nero. Yeah, but ever so often, we'll still get to play as Dante. And like classic Dante, he will get some crazy um, weaponry, like the cool motorcycle where he can oh ride God. it and then duel it as weapons. Yes, so what again. the hell? So yeah. again. Again, the story fucking, and the game fucking repeats the beats. Not only does it repeat the story of Devil May Cry 3, it repeats the same fucking beats of playing Devil May Cry 4. Because halfway through the game, you get to just play as Dante. And he has all the fucking style He gets a Michael and Jackson the- hat and scarf, and he can dance fight. It's oh pretty God. cool. He's so good. Dante makes the game fucking good again. He does. I no longer have to deal with Nero and his stupid shit fucking attitude. I no longer have to deal with V and his stupid fucking... His poetry. His emo fucking poetry of reading William Blake, because William Blake is something the cool kids do in school, because he really likes William Blake, apparently. Virgil care- really Virgil really likes William Blake for some fucking reason. I didn't think that would needed to be a clip. I up. would say Agronero Poe, but okay. That's no, what I was thinking. No, it's literally William Blake. Is it really? Yes. Literally, oh. if you read the poems and you look at the poems, it's William Blake. It, okay. That is literally who the fuck he's quoting and all of the in quotes and shit like that. Whatever. I guess he's that cool fucking emo kid. The thing that pisses me off about V is everybody knows who V is. And I mean this in the most literal sense, because everybody's going to go through high school and they're going to be like, that one emo kid. I know this character. Hey! I hey, know this. Hey, as someone who used to dress emo, I take this as offense. Yeah, but literally everybody's going to look at me and go, I know this character. I, I saw this kid in high school. I saw this kid in high school. And so, yes, V is literally every emo kid you've ever known in high school in gaming format. So take that for what you will. He could huh. change like me, okay? So, then again, yes, to go back to the idea, halfway through fucking five, you get to play as Dante, and Dante, again, has all the fucking variety he has from the other games. Except Plus. they also fucking destroyed his control scheme, in my opinion. Yes. So, so, here's something that pisses me off in the other games as well. So, one of the or more basic moves Dante has is a move called Helm Splitter. You jump, and then you hit the attack button, and he splits the helm, so to speak, and he swings his sword downwards, and it immediately sends him downwards to hit enemies on the ground. This can be used in both an evasive maneuver and a way to keep your combos going quickly, because you don't want to be airborne if you're not hitting something, for obvious reasons. 
Now, the thing is, is that in the other games, jump, square button, good as shit. Easy enough to do. For some fucking reason, halfway through Devil May Cry 4, uh, they actually allow you to play Dante and he has the same control scheme. Nero has to hold forward in X to use Hump Splitter. Yep. So it's an extra button input. So you go and you start playing Devil May Cry 5, and when you have Rebellion, which is his first sword, it's the same control scheme. You jump and you hit you jump and you hit attack, and you get to use Helm Splitter. He gets the new sword, and now it's changed. Again. They changed the control scheme again. So Nero is to hold forward into attack, but Dante now with his new sword is to hold backward in attack in the air to use Helm Splitter. That's dumb. It's fucking stupid. That's dumb. It throws off my muscle memory yeah. so fucking much. I do not understand why the fine fuck they did that. It's so obscenely stupid. Yeah, that is very dumb. Oh my god. So yes, so, and now that speaks to me being a long-term long -term fan. And again, just get good, adjust to the control scheme, and I did eventually, but it's just like, why the fuck do you change something three fucking times in the same goddamn game, no less. Yeah. yeah. So even when you play as Virgil in his DLC, he has the old control scheme, which is jump and attack to use Helm Splitter. Oh my fucking Christ. Why is the same fucking move different between three fucking characters? Seeing the fact that those movesets <gasps> change in the same game, I was actually going to ask if you played DMC or Devil May Cry 5 in a vacuum, would it be considered good? And this is obviously no. <laughs> so the thing is, is that if you get around some of the like stupid small issues that the game has with that in my opinion where the developers just took a fucking brick to the head and didn't understand that maybe if you have the same fucking move you should have the same fucking input from yeah, everybody yeah, who yeah. uses it right yes the combat's fantastic uh, combat's okay. great uh for nero it's easy like so let me give you an idea for v i'm watching a live stream literally looking at my other fucking computer monitor just watching a live stream of somebody play a different video game because v is so fucking piss boring easy that even like i said helen keller could get a triple s rank on him right so any mission i had to play as v i immediately zoned out i immediately fucking zoned out and i'm just spamming buttons and i'm getting and i beat every mission doing that i'm not even exaggerating when i say that Nero, on the other hand, I had to pay a little bit of attention to, but it's still easy triple S ranks. Why? Because his kit is so fucking bland, the developers could not make it to where your combo system could be overly complex because then you're never going to get a triple S rank because you don't have the literal fucking tools to do it because he literally has three fucking, like, combos you're going to do ad nauseum. Mm. They're flashy, they're fun to do, I guess, but it gets boring and repetitious because, like, he literally has no, you know, just anything to his gameplay. It's... The gun, the arm, and some of the arm attachments, which, by the way, most people are going to find the one they like the most and stick to it. I'm telling you that right the fuck now. The developers failed on that on that level as well. Nobody's going to go, actually, I'm going to put the arms in this order so I can use them in this way and I can do these combo systems doing right. this. Nobody's going to fucking do that. Everybody's going to find the one arm they like the most, buy fucking as many of them as they can for their ammo reserve in case one breaks, and spam it. Bingo. That's what they're going to fucking do. The grenade, the rocket launcher arm. Sorry. Yeah. For me, it was the one that you would punch forward and it would just rocket and hit enemies over and over again because it would hit some them. And it was fucking fantastic. It completely broke the game. Only arm I used once I found it. Sorry, developers, you failed to get on that level. <laughs> and then you get to Dante. And oh my god, is Dante fucking sexy as fuck to play. I love him. I love him so much in this game. Other than the fact that they screwed up Helmbreaker, in my opinion. So with that phrasing, is this Dante the best Dante out of all the games? So... With the way that you just described him? Yeah, so in terms of raw gameplay, I will have to say that Dante in 4 and 5 plays about identical. In hmm. terms of, you can switch your styles on the fly, 
you can switch your your weapons on the fly. Yeah. Then you have all these options on the fly. The difference is definitely quality, however, here. And Dante, in my opinion, in 5, has the much more fun pool of weapons to use. Hmm. 4 has some pretty interesting weapons, but they're just not as good as 5. So ah. his basic weapon, his sword, with Rebellion, in 5, basically has all of that, like the styles inputs, put into one button. So you basically can use his sword master style with this sword without having to have that style equipped. Huh. So it's more complex to use as a weapon. Mm. I don't think they quite handled it as well as they could have because it's a lot of pausing and weird combos that you have to do with using two buttons, which is kind of like really fucking awkward. I liked having the third button so you can use a weapon ability immediately when you want to. Right. So in that regards, I don't kind of like how they did that, but it does lead to a more uh, technical system. Ah. So in terms of te like tech like technicalities, I would still say five is the most technical Dante we have as compared to four. And three, just by limitation of the hardware, because you can't switch styles on the fly, means that he's not as versatile as he is in three. It, allow it makes you stick to one style and two different weapons for every mission, as opposed to five, where you can switch between, like, four weapons and all four styles on the fly. That doesn't mean that three is worse off. It just means that it's older because of that, but it's still just as fucking good now as it was then. Ah. But, yes, in terms of technicalities, Dante in five is the most complex, which is good. Yeah. It means that really good players are going to be able to unlock the full potential of Dante, while really bad or mid-level players, well, while mid-level players are still going to be able to enjoy him, and while bad players will have more options, yep. and will eventually be able to learn to master him. Right. And that, to me, is good. Again, that's what the whole series has been about. Different weapons, different styles, choices in gameplay, which is what V and Nero do not have. Yeah. So again, adding these two characters to this game just drags it down so fucking much. So every time you have to play as those characters, you're just like, oh. Uh, yes, every time. I'm just like, here we go. And yep. everybody's like, oh, why? Boy, you bitch about these characters. It's like, yes, they're literally less fucking fun to play. Right. They didn't need to be here. And so the whole story being revolved around Nero, he didn't need to fucking be here. Just give me a story with Dante, and I'm good. That's all it needs to be. It could have been a rehash of the third game story, and just Nero just fucked off somewhere, and it's just Virgil and Dante. Fine, fuck it. I'm fine with that. Is it lazy? Yes. Is it well written? No. Fine, fuck it. I'll take it. Because at least I get to play Dante through the entire game. Right. Literally having, like, I think it's like 23 missions, where half of them are me having to play as Nero RV, just sucks. Yeah. It, it makes going back and playing the game again as Dante the full time, or Virgil in my case, what I'm playing through right now, you know, like, it works. But, like, I just... First impressions for me are everything. And you can't base a game, in my opinion, fully on its replay value. The base version of the game needs to be something that draws people in, and they love it, and they want more of it, and then yeah. that's why the replay value is good. Right. In my opinion, at the end of the game, when I finally started getting here with the story, I just yelled, fuck you, at my monitor. <laughs> because I called out what they were about to do, and I'm super fucking pissed that I was able to call out what they did. Somebody call a doctor? Human! I wasn't expecting any survivors! Sorry to disappoint you. Hey, you happen to see a guy around here, about this big, uses a cane? I was supposed to meet him. Did you snack on him? 
your blood. It's a very precious sacrifice. Even you would do me no good. I must have every last drop to rule the underworld as king. King? You? I don't know. I mean, you're a big guy and all, but you seem more like a knuckle-scrapping fart in the wind than anything else. Yeah, no offense. Oh, well, but Devil May Cry anime. <laughs> we don't bring that. Uh -huh. So, you guys didn't like that? Come on. So, I got bored. Again, so did I. Every time Dante's on screen and he's being a wisecracking asshole, everybody's enjoying him because he's just fun. It's, it's pure enjoyment. It's pure fucking enjoyment. It, like, like Adam said, one of my favorite moments is the lady being like, I got you a new weapon, and it's a fucking cowboy hat that has a scarf. And what does is, what is Dante do? He breaks out in Michael Jackson dancing. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's like, I love you, Dante. You're literally the best fucking thing to ever happen to the series. And to just gaming in general, in my opinion. It's just a character. I love him so much. And then once the game stops letting Dante be in the spotlight, it's like, here you go, Nero. And then Nero's like, on the phone calling Kyrie, like, I miss you and I love you and I can't wait to be home. And everybody's so mean to me. My arm vibrates, don't worry, babe, I got you. Yeah, and it's just like, god damn it. So... Dante and Virgil are having a fight at the top of this fucking tree. Grandiose, grand fucking battle. I'm having a great time fighting the boss fight, loving this. And don't worry, Nero ruins it. And then Nero fucking ruins it. They're like, okay, Nero, you gotta run away. You're too weak for this. And Nero's like, I'm not weak. Am I carrying? And he sprouts into a beautiful demon dragonfly. Oh my god. So then, I guess by the power of 
he really wants to be in the fucking story, and the writers really want him to be in the fucking story, he grows his arm back. Yes. Gains back his demon power. Yep. How? Why didn't he do Fuck this you. before? Fuck you. Stop asking questions. <laughs> this is fucking anime now. No. No, seriously. He's a lizard. Yeah. Get over it. He lost his tail and he grew it back. Yeah, he loses Don't his... question. Why didn't he do this at the beginning of the oh game? Because he, he didn't channel. Shut up. He Stop didn't... asking questions. Yeah, he... He didn't, like, in the classic anime, learn and level up and truly understand his abilities. Are you saying like logic they... has no place in this game? No, it does <laughs> not. Like, and that's it... the thing that pisses me off because... Again, even in the fourth game, they had issues like this. Like, there's one scene in particular that I love. They show Virgil, or they show him, or they show Nero being able to like grab shit from like across the fucking city with his arm, with his ability that his arm has, right? Damn. But there's one fucking cutscene where the demon's flying away with Kyrie, and he doesn't use his fucking arm to grab the demon. It's like you have the ability to do that right fucking there. Hey, Just sure. do hey, it. Hey, hey, women like being, you know, like. Oh my god. Nothing. It's like the answer's right fucking there, and the writers just when it's convenient to them, decide that Nero's a fucking dumbass and can't do something for, for the sake of writing a story. They, yeah, never, they right. never had to apply this to Virgil or Dante or any other character in the series. Not even Lady in the third game. She is just as badass in the third game throughout the entire game, and it's not like at any point in time she just becomes weak. Yeah, for, to, but for the, the two female characters, they were pawns being used by like Virgil himself okay, so yes, as a they both demons. get absorbed and they both become boss fights. They're fridged. Because it's like, do you guys remember Dante? Do you guys remember, you know, Trish and Lady? We do. They're boss fights now. By the way, now that you beat the boss fight, they're like half naked and fan service. And it's just like... This Thank is, you, America. Yeah, this is like, it's disgusting because it's like, you take both of these characters who do shit in the other stories, they're interesting, they're part of the story, there's a reason for them to fucking be there, and you have them there as fucking fan service. Fuck you. Lady is one of my favorite female characters in gaming, and she's just fan service in this game. Isn't Fuck she you. like a fan, like, her mother was a priestess or something like that, right? Uh, I can't, I think it was. It was something like that where they, because uh, remember her father was actually that sinister clown and stuff Yeah, he's like. the jester. He's Arkham is the jester in three. Yes. And there's hints to that thematically because they have idiochromia. And I didn't catch that the first time I played the game. Some people did, some people, I did not when I was in high school. And to me, it was kind of a cool twist. And I thought it was really cool and implemented well. But Lady's character still, she has development. She's a badass. She doesn't fuck around. And she's a cool character. Even in 4, she still has a reason to be there. She's kind of a scout for Dante and them, but she still has her attitude, and she still has a reason to be part of the story when she's there. Realistically, that's her company, her business. Yes. It's not Dante's. Yes. And so it's fantastic. But then in the fifth game, she literally is just there to lose, to then just become a demon boss that you fight, and then she's naked for a scene, and then she's just fan service. Well, Dante and Trish were probably about to unionize, and she's like, oh, I gotta be here, I guess. I have no fucking clue. So again... Trish and Lady are just literally there for fucking fan service. They have no point. No, no, it's one hundred percent true. You beat them, you find out, you rip them out. All oh, this, congratulations. Here's a naked girl. Yeah, here's a naked girl, and then they they just do nothing for the rest of this fucking story. Exactly, hands hmm. down. Yeah. So like again, like adding Lady, and again, people have gone on. People have been like, Lady's a ver uh, is a, a lesbian now, and it's like. That's not important. I don't fucking care. And that more power to that, it, that, that. That's something that I just don't understand. When they're like, "Well, this character is this now." 
I, I don't, don't care. Does it have How's any... the character's story of like as a person? Yes. Has... Not his sexuality. Not the not, not their the sexuality. sexuality. Yeah. Does it matter to me? Does it fucking matter? Their to me? skills, the story, and their the person as the character of themselves. Yes. It, are they entertaining? Yes. That's not a leading factor for me. Like, well, I I gotta play this game because you know lesbian. You no, know, she's yeah. a lesbian. Me a bro, dude. Right now, it's like. Yeah, it's like I, you the gotta thing... have a good character. Yeah. The thing is, somebody thought I was gonna get pissed off because they made her a lesbian. No. I'm pissed at her character because she literally has no reason to be a part of the story and she's just there for fan service. No, she's 100% Trish and her are both just there for fan service. They're just there for fan service and that pissed me off. Like, again... It would be kind of cool if you were playing as them, trying to, like, you know, you know, they, they could... No, I don't think so. Like, unless they have an intricate part of the story, an intricate part of the story. They are there for a fucking reason. And somebody brought up, well, they're there because... They're part of the, Do they're with Dante, they're in the business of Devil May Cry, and they're there to stop the demon, but it's like, yes, but they're just there to lose, and then they're just there to be rescued. They're literally Princess Peach, both yep. of them in this game. That's what I was just thinking. Daisy and Peach. Yeah, Daisy and Peach. Fuck you. They had no reason to be here. They literally have no reason to be here, they add nothing to the story. They didn't need to be here. Pissed me off. That right fucking pissed me off that two of my favorite fucking characters are just there for the sake of being. No, they are. 100%. You're, you're so... So again, Virgil and Dante, top of the fucking tree, fighting each other for the sake of humanity. And, for, and Nero, for some fucking reason, goes to a baby rage, starts running up halfway through the tree and holding out his arm. And he's like, Kyrie! And he screams and then his arm just grows back. And then he gains his demon powers back, which, by the way, his demonic powers were tied to the arm. He doesn't have the arm anymore. Where is it coming from? Like Josh asked. Yeah. Fuck you. His yep. heart. The story's not going to It was in you all along. Oh, exactly. So then they the have to... The power was just in you. You didn't need that. Uh, it's so, Thor. It's all... It's from her. It's Thor. You're not the god of hammers. You're the god of thunder. So, so it's like Dante and Virgil have this, like, brotherly wyvery that they enjoy to an extent. They love fighting each other. They, they actually do. You they love hand, hand sound, they agree. And so the thing is, is that Virgil really has no other fucking thing that he cares about other than his brother, which is kind of heartwarming when you think about it. So whenever Nero comes up here with his demon farm and they want, they're like, let's make Virgil interested in this character, which Virgil would have no fucking interest in this character. He wouldn't. Even if it is his own fucking son, he doesn't goddamn care. They never even bring up to the point that Nero is Dante, uh, that Nero is Virgil's son to an extent to where it matters in the fucking story. I don't even think Virgil really realizes that it's his son. I mean, he does, but, like, doesn't fucking care. He doesn't yeah. care. He's, like, that terrible father. Yeah, like, again, if, if Virgil, his own dad, doesn't give, really give a shit about Nero, why should I give a shit about Nero? Right, yeah. And so the whole story just ends with, oh, hey, kid, you gotta stay behind and protect the human world. Me and Virgil are gonna go to the demon world where we can fight each other and we can fight demons. And they seal the tree off, and then that's how the game ends. That's basically it. Story sucked. Done. Story fucking sucks. Story of the whole game hmm. fucking blows. I'm making a sacrifice by keeping away from you still, son. Dude, that was literally what I thought. I was like, man, I too would literally go to the fucking demon world if it meant getting the fuck away from Nero's character. Well, he Nero owes all that alimony, dude. Just think about it. Oh my god. Nero literally is just such a dense black hole of a fucking character that he just sucks the whole story around him, and the whole story sucks because of it. Because he has no point to, like, give a shit about Nero. Trish, our lady. They just have to write them there as fan service. Not because Nero would have any interesting interaction with them, because Nero is a cardboard cutout of a fucking personality, so he doesn't have a reason to react to anything around him. He just sucks. Like, the people are like, well, this is another up-and-coming story for him, and it's like, no, it's not. Literally, Dante does most of the fucking dirty work. Nero shows up to with the power of anime, God and anime on his side to fight Nero, or to fight Virgil, and that's it. That's how the fucking story ends. Like, <laughs> they cut down the tree, and then 
Well, don't, and don't you battle the raven and all that stuff like that, too? You battle that, right? You battle them, but, like, again, why do I fucking care? They they may, they want to make it seem like the, those characters have some connection to Virgil, which technically they do because Devil May Cry, like, shenanigans. But even then, they're not a part of Virgil's character that he would give a shit about them. So why? He was under Mundus's control, and Mundus had these three characters. Doesn't mean Virgil has a connection to these three fucking demons. No, he doesn't. He wouldn't care about those three fucking demons. Oh, so his human side. Well, well, well maybe his human side cared about them, whatever. Who fucking cares? Even V as a character is just fucking boring. <laughs> and so again, like... Can we admit that the soundtrack is good? The soundtrack is great. The soundtrack, the soundtrack is, is, like, really good. The soundtrack good. is great. The gameplay is fucking great. I'm playing through the game right now as Virgil. I'm absolutely having a blast because, again, Virgil just breaks the fucking game over his knee. He's so OP. He's so broken, but it's so much fun. But, like, again, I, I, I can tell people that you should go out and play this game on the merits that the gameplay is fantastic, but literally, if I told people to start somewhere... If, if you're okay with it being a separate continuity, the DMC Devil May Cry series is not bad to play, especially as a starting point if you're a newer player and you want to start in, easy. In, in my opinion, I think they did a better job telling the story of the Demon World, introducing Virgil, and I love the neat tricks that they did with a modern age style That's of sad. a witch. That's sad when you have to say that. that. Yes, I think DMC Devil May Cry, the story that everybody criticized, is better than DMC Devil May Cry 5 story. Yes. That to me... Hands down. That to me says something of just how bad DMC 5 story really is. Yeah. Because... Holy fuck. <laughs> I also I also think that DMC's boss battles are more iconic than De Devil May Cry 5's boss so, battles. let's go into boss fights, um, I guess. The first boss fight is some demon. And here's the thing that's interesting to me, right? And, and I want to give Nero some credit here, because whenever Nero is by himself as a character. He's somewhat entertaining. In, in terms of the first boss, he taunts him. Yeah. But Nero, like, Nero can't have one personality. I swear the writers still have no fucking idea what they're doing with him because sometimes Nero is kind of a smart ass like Dante is. And then whenever he's by himself, he acts like a country boy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, what? Why Why are these two personalities coming out of the same character? It doesn't make sense. Because like this, this demon's like, I'm going to rule the human world, demon world. And Nero's like, you? Demon Lord, you really think so? And like he has that accent. He has like a southern like boy accent too. Like I don't understand his character. I can't nail down who and what his personality is supposed to be because it's everywhere. Sorry to disappoint you. But I like the country boy accent that he had, and I like that. It was kind of cute seeing Nero like taunt demons without them realizing like, you know, he's kind of being like inquisitive, but it's like, you really? Demon Lord? King? You? I can kick your ass, and he doesn't say that, but he knows that. He knows he can kick his ass. The demon doesn't know that, so Nero's taunting and playing with him a little bit. I like that aspect of Nero. Too bad they couldn't fucking stick with it. Yeah. So, yeah, th that boss fight was whatever. The second boss fight is, again, another callback to Devil May Cry 3. Do, do you remember the gun that you get in Devil May Cry 3 out of that bounces lasers and shit off the wall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the second boss fight is just the demon version of that gun. Oh, yeah, right. So again, it's more of, you remember Devil May Cry 3? I remember Devil May Cry 3. My friend did not make the connection. As soon as I saw the fucking boss and I saw its head, I knew exactly what that boss was supposed to be. And it's just like, you're pandering again. You're, you're trying to nostalgia trip me, and I'm not falling for it. And I hate that. I, I hate the fact that like you're trying to nostalgia trip me because you think I'm going to be easier on a game or like a game more because you're doing that. I don't. I want quality over nostalgia. So... 
the, uh, the third boss fight is one that you have to fight as V, and it's fucking boring, and I did, I triple S'd it by just spamming buttons. I think it's a tree root or some shit. I couldn't even tell you. It is a tree root. Yeah, I forgot. Then the, the fourth boss is another callback to the series of, the third game has this horse called uh, Quicksilver, and it can stop time. And, it, and then it's in the fourth game. It's in the fifth game. And some demon is riding it. Um, I forgot about the boss fight already because I kind of just, like, spammed buttons because it was fought with V. And I just beat the boss fight by not giving a shit. <laughs> and then you fight the knight on his back as a different character. And I will admit, again, I kind of just fell asleep. I wasn't challenged by this boss fight at all. Like... It, it, the problem with the game is that the game's fun, but the boss fights are just, like, mediocre, honestly. But then there's another boss fight. They make you play as Dante halfway through the game. And again, having a lot of fun. Dante's a cool character. Really fucking love him. And so then you fight... Not Cerberus, trademark. It's King Cerberus. So it's <clears> the <throat> same Cer... It's not the same Cerberus from 3, but King Cerberus. You know, because didn't you play 3? We remember 3. Do you remember 3? Nostalgia. I love 3. Nostalgia pandering. And so the thing is, is that the trick is, is that in the third game, he's not chained to a wall like he was in the third game. So he's able to run freely. He can run freely. And honestly, the boss fight was kind of shit. Wasn't a lot of fun. Wasn't the one of the ones where like this demon like literally throws stuff in his gut and then he shoots it back. That was the first fight. That was the first fight. Yeah, that okay, was the first thank fight. You. Okay. So then you have King Cerberus. And then the night that I was telling you about earlier that I kind of fell asleep that I was playing, because uh, I was playing as Dante, because it makes you fight that night as Dante, which was okay, whatever, it was a fight. Fuck it, I forgot about it already. Then you have to go through V's memory or whatever. And then you have to fight all the boss fights as V in a memory. And I fell asleep again. I literally just was spamming the buttons while I was in every boss fight. Fucking <laughs> boring. And then the next boss fight is fighting... Griffin and Shadow and Nightmare as Dante and I actually also hated that fight because the developers for some fucking reason said that the bosses are only able to take damage within certain windows of the fight. You could be smacking them all you goddamn want. They will just not take damage unless they're in the vulnerable state, which I only fought the boss once, but I could not figure out when they were supposed to be vulnerable. Like, there's an orb, they fall into the orb like they did in Devil May Cry 1. Do you remember Devil May Cry 1? They were in Devil May Cry 1. Oh. So then you fight the Are you Richard Nixon? Yeah, that's that's mm -hmm. that's that's me being like, nostalgia. I love it. And so then like I'm fighting this boss and it's just like it's HP bar zero and I'm hitting this orb of like it, am I doing damage to it? I can't tell. And then like the boss just dies randomly after that at some point. Couldn't tell you why. The fight <laughs> against Virgil was yeah. 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 Like, with Dante, it was a little bit more interesting. I actually liked the fight as Dante. I was having fun doing it. And then they make you do it as Nero. And then, obviously, Nero has no fucking kit to speak of in terms of moveset. So, I fell asleep because Virgil becomes insanely easier on the second fight than he is the first fight because they can't allow It's him. Nero. Yeah, they can't allow Virgil to do all this cool shit that Dante has answers for that Nero doesn't because, you know... Nero has to be special. He has to be part so, of the So, okay, now, yeah, out of boy. 10, out of a 10, what would you give Devil May Cry 5? 6. You would give it a 6? I would give it a 6. I, I, think, would, it's, I think it's fair. I, I I would say it's a 6. It, it, the soundtrack's fantastic. Gameplay can be fantastic whenever the game, when the developers aren't fucking shitting themselves. The story is absolute fucking garbage. It's an anime Mary Sue. It, it, yeah, Nero is literally becoming an anime Mary Sue, and I fucking hate his character. I, I literally just hope the next game that we get in the series, 
Just never has Nero. I want him to fuck off. I literally want him to just be gone. And I want his a- story to be done, and I want the story of, like, Virgil and Dante and the demon world being played. Yeah, so if you were to go back and ask my high school self about what I thought about Dominic Cry 4, I probably would have been like, it's a 2. I fucking hate this game. It's garbage. It's the worst. I'm going to go back and now as an adult and then I've gone back and played 4 for the sake of this review and say it's also a 6. Honestly, I think 4 is a little bit more See, I think 4 is is one score lower than I think it's a 5 in my opinion. And, and so people are going to say, "Well, wow, these are kind of lower scores, but like I think that honestly 5 shows that it's a it's a fine game." But I, any, anything of I think 3 is like a uh, easily a nine in my opinion. A nine. A, a, a ten would be perfect. I think three is easily a fucking nine. I I, I think we can agree on that one though, can yeah. we? Yeah, absolutely. I think DMC Even, is like at least like a, like a 7.5. Eh, I would say it's like a seven maybe. Like maybe a six or se- seven. No, seven I, or really six. Think I would it, say it's a seven. It's honestly. a strong seven. I would say it's a strong seven. And so like the thing is that a lot of D- Devil May Cry fans are going to want to stab me after saying that like you can't like DMC Devil May Cry more than DMC five. And it's yes, like, I can. I can. But literally based on Easy. the Easily. If the Easily. story of five would have been worth anything, I think five would have been easily a well, nine. It, it, well, it's just not that. The thing is that I generally can just still pop in my head of DMC and like Devil May Cry 3 is these iconic quotes from Dante battling these bosses. I mean, you got that succubus with the, the soda company where he goes, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck you! Yeah. And then you literally get a spoof on conservative, like that talk radio guy. What's his name? He passed away. Rush Limbaugh? Yeah. They did a spoof where he is the villain and you get sucked into the TV and yes. you're battling him as a head. And then he's like saying, and Dante is a pedophile. Yeah. And so I guess if you were to say, yeah, you know what? Yeah. I, I, honestly, bringing back some of these quotes. Yeah. Double Win Cry. DMC Double Win Cry is easily a seven. Is the gameplay as good as the other games? Actually, no. I, it's worse in terms of gameplay. See, I disagree with that. I, I'd rather play DMC's combat over four or five any day of the week. That's because it makes you play Nero. But honestly, Dante, no. Dante in those games is still better than Dante in DMC. Mm. And I honestly think that's because like Dante just has more going for him in those games. But, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I can see where you're going from. I, I, can I say that you're fine to like DMC Double Cry's combat more? Again, I think it's a lot easier and it's a lot more beginner friendly for people. And some people just don't like that high ass level of challenge that sometimes the games throw at you out of nowhere. I really enjoy it when our game forces me out of my comfort zone to beat a boss. But it does. It constantly has the angel slash demon abilities with the right and left trigger that you had to use. And if you didn't use it right, it would actually like no, like do less damage. So you could actually be smart. Where the demon abilities were all heavy, s- slow attacks, while the angel abilities were all these quick slashes. Yeah, and again, like that's that's okay. It's all right. But again, I still just honestly like Dante more in four and five than I did in DMC Double Cry. That's just personally me. But then that's fine. Yeah. But the, again, like I said, in terms of entertainment from the story, yeah, DMC Double Cry is more entertaining than five, in my opinion. Easily. And four has its moments. Four has its moments. When you get like the when you get the uh, the uh, the second the third melee weapon for him, where he whips it out and I thrust it in. Like Dante having those lines. Oh no! I everything about oh, Dante God. as a character in four, it's just pure bliss. The like, part, every time you see Dante, you're like, oh 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 oh. oh do we get oh, to play okay. him? So no. to give you an idea, one of my one of my most hated moments of Nero is there's just halfway through the game, there's like this dice mini game, and Do- and Nero has to play this fucking board game with dice 
And so he has to hit this dice, and you move spaces on this giant board, and then you have to do this puzzle, and the puzzle is to get through this board game, and it's fucking boring as a board game, and it's stupid. And so Nero is just like, okay, I guess I'm doing this now. And then Dante looks at the dice, and he goes, yeah, all right, and he slices, he slices it in fucking half. Just says, yeah, fuck that. I'm not doing this. Slices it. Yeah, why the hell would you play a board game in the middle of an action? Yeah. Like, that. that's just dumb. Why would right. you Why would you want to slow it down? Right. No shit. That's dumb. No shit. It slows, the, it slows the missions down. Yeah. And so Nero does it because he's a fucking boring, dumbass character, and I hate him. And Dante's just like, fuck that. Slices the dice yeah. in half, half, moves on with his day. So then at the very end of the game, they make you do it again. They make you do it again. And not only do they make you do it again, they do the Capcom thing. Every Capcom game has it to where, like, oh, guess what? It's the final level. You're going to fight the boss fights all over again. Mm. Almost every Capcom game has this as a staple. They have it in Devil May Cry 4 as well. The thing is, is that it's tied to the fucking board minigame. So every single boss fight... And, 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 like, if you know how to move spaces around a board game, right? So, for Nero, all the spaces around the board is a fucking circle. And only one space takes you to the boss fight. There's other spaces that can instantly move you to the boss fight, but there's a chance that you'll slap the dice, and then you'll have to... And here's the thing. People are going to be like, just get good, because if you slap the dice whenever it's on this number, it'll always land on this number. I don't fucking care. It is an action game. I want to slap the fucking dice, and I want to get on with my goddamn day. I want to slash the sword. I want to have fun. I don't want to have to fucking study a dice and then slap it to move on a fucking board game so I can go fight the bosses again. Shit. It's shit. It's awful. And so again, Dante just slicing the fucking die in half and then just moving on with his day, that's his character. That's yeah. totally his character. Doesn't He takes the piss out of everything, and that's great. Love him. Michael Jackson dance. You know, all these... It's great- so damn good. Oh, it's so damn good. His motorcycle sword theme jigger Yeah, so it's like... One thing that has been fucking hilarious is that in the third game, uh, Dante has this motorcycle that he gets in a cutscene. He drives up a straight fucking wall. Yeah. And he fights with it. He fights in the cutscene with it. And then he poses with it, and then it explodes. And everybody's like, oh, I thought that was going to be a weapon. So then, in the fifth game, they're like, do you remember the third game? We remember the third game. And so they're like, you remember when he fought with a motorcycle? We're going to make that a weapon. And it's like, I mean, all right, actually, fuck it. Yeah, I'm on board. Why not? You know, nostalgia pandering, whatever. At least I get the weapon now. And it's a fun weapon. It's a fun fucking weapon. It's actually a motorcycle that splits in half and becomes two fucking giant swords. Huh. Or or motorcycle mallets, whatever you want to choose and you say. Yeah, and then you can actually fuse it back together using certain actions and actually like use it to drive towards enemies and run over them and shit like that. And it's a cool fucking weapon. Again, mm-hmm. Dante just is fantastic of a character. Like he's I, fun. I, but, like if they make a Devil May Cry six, I hate to say it, they have to just drop Nero. You're done. Your story. You're so, protecting. You're protecting Earth. Well, Dante and Virgil are in the demon world messing stuff up. Again, like Done. I said, it pisses me off because the fourth game, the whole point of the fourth game is for him to rescue his cardboard cutout of a girlfriend. Yes. Who is worse than Princess Peach because at least Princess Peach has, like, got somewhat of a personality. Kyrie has no fucking personality. So it really well, just Well, of course she's got personality. All that tax fraud. What do you mean by that? There's no defense budget. How many times are you going to literally get kidnapped by Bowser without having defenses? Get oh, some for, bullet bills up in this stuff. Oh, for Princess Peach, yeah. Yeah, so man. For, so for Kyrie... They, she needs an Air Force. Yeah, for Kyrie, they kidnap her in the fourth game. For reasons. And then the whole game is just, you know, trying to get Kyrie back. And she has no personality. She hardly fucking talks. She does nothing in the story. 
And she's just there to kind of clasp her hands together and be like, Nero, you're... I brought your sword. I brought your sword. And that's it. That's her whole character. So in the fifth fucking game, Kyrie gets mentioned once in a cutscene. And that's it. She's not even shown. No, that's no. how fucking. There's literally a part where he's working on a vehicle, and you can hear, her and she's like, "Food is done." Yeah, food's done. That's it. That's the only fucking mention of. And Kitty. that's it. And that's it. He huh. loses his hand. Does she do it? You, I'm amazed that you don't hear her screaming. Oh my god! I know, right? Like, that's how little importance she has to the story. But it's still his entire character motif has to be I'm protecting Kyrie. So even in the fifth game, he's like he mentions her name several fucking times, but you never see her. So it adds to this very just boring, empty-feeling, like, motivation for this character. Like, he's just not interesting as a character at all. There's nothing about him that makes him interesting or unique. If Kiri, if they were to replace the one chick who, you know, gives him his prosthetics, and that was, like, Kirie, okay, now you have, like, a spark of a relationship going on here. That would have been interesting. Like, at least now this character and Nero being in a relationship, like, that's interesting. Like, even if Nero's not an interesting character, he can be dragged by a more interesting character, and that would make him fine. But they don't do that with him. Kyrie's boring. He's boring. Playing him is boring. Go play the third game. <laughs> Let's go play the third game. So I think all of us just just go play the third game. Yeah, and and I, again, like I said, I think that the credence of the like fifth game and the fourth game having good soundtracks is fine. I, I'm disappointed though. I, I will say the fifth game left me pretty disappointed. <laughs> finish up here. I'll try to save you some. Not. You, uh, you need something? Uh, what is it? You hungry? <laughs> well, you're in luck, pal, because food's ready and Kitty always makes too much. Hope you like loud talkers, too, because got a pair of those upstairs. You see something you like. What the hell? You a demon. Nero, the food's getting cold! Get back inside now!
say, I really—I was hoping to like this game more. I really was, but I was pretty disappointed. I really had a lot of fun though. Again, the game—the six points I give it is all for gameplay, and that's when you're playing as Dante, and he brings the game up to that score alone. And in the fourth game, I believe it's the same thing. He kind of brings that score up to that level on his own. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I I'm honestly pretty sad at the series right now. Just go play Bayonetta, actually. Go play Bayonetta while you're at it. I have Bayonetta 2. Yeah, I need to play that still. I, I played a little bit of Bayonetta 1. I never got a chance to finish it. I really want to go back and play it. Just go play Bayonetta, honestly, at this point. Sure. Or go play DMC3. DMC3 is on Steam right now. Pretty fucking cheap. You can go play it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah Easily. Easy 9 out of 10. It, 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 a lot of things about it are kind of dated by today's standards. They are, but at the same time, the story alone is just captivating. This, this, and they're just the, the quirks, the weaponry, everything about it just... It has, it, it just oozes personality. Yes, it does, yeah. Especially from the beginning where he's literally riding a rocket launcher. Yeah, he rides a rocket as a, from a rocket launcher. Yeah, he, someone fires a rocket at him, and he rides it, and he's hacking and slashing the, um, these demons. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, he's just, a, he's a fucking cool character whenever he doesn't have to be pushed aside to let Nero have screen time. It's my right. time, okay? Yeah, Nero's like the little fucking five-year-old kid that's like, Mom, Jason, I turn on the Xbox, Dante. I want to be It is my time to shine. I, I want to be part of the story. Yeah. I'm important. I'm cool. And then, like, Virgil and Dante are like the two older brothers that are like, let's... It's just like the Halo show. Master Chief is Dante, and then, yeah, you know exactly. It's like, that. Dante's been around for this many games. People are probably bored of him. Let's put this other guy in here, too. No, we're still never bored <laughs> we're of Dante. We're never bored of him, as long right. as they make him into a good character. Yeah, yeah. And again, the fifth game just kind of destroyed his character for the sake of giving Nero a place in the story. Yep, he gets knocked down and he's gone missing for, like, was it almost a month or something like yeah. that? Something absurd. Then he wakes up. Yeah, then he wakes up. Then he's like, wait a second, my blade's broken. What if I does this? What if I stab it into myself? It'll become, I'll become stronger and so will my sword. And it's just like... Wait, what? That's full gonna, on. That's I, like demon emo. I don't I'm know if that's okay. Questions. I'm not going to ask questions. I'm not going to ask questions. Do I get to play as Dante? Good. Okay, I'm done asking questions. <laughs> But yeah, so that was my honest-to-God thoughts on Devil May Cry 5. I had fun. I hated the fucking story. I literally verbally yelled, the sh fuck you, fuck you, at the screen when the whole bullshit at the end of the game happened. Fuck you! Yeah. No, I wholeheartedly agree. I think the story was just a convoluted mess of going back and forth between times. Yeah, and... And, and, it, and it, it just didn't work, in my opinion. Again, like I said... Start it, from the beginning... The, have this happen, the, go from there. Like I said, it's obvious that the writer could not line shots up from the fourth game or the third game. This isn't Heroes. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, it's like, it literally makes no fucking sense half the time about what the fuck's happening. And people are gonna be like, oh, you're one of those people that came to Devil May Cry for the story. I came for the gameplay. So your six is really a nine for me. And it's like, you know what? Fuck you. Your gameplay is still a six. Yeah, well, yeah, your gameplay is still a six. I mean, it's still better than three, but like, the story in three is so fucking good that I honestly think that it drives... I, more Dante... Less Dante. What am I gonna play? Dante. Yeah, and I and I love Devil May Cry 3 Dante. This party's getting crazy. Yeah. Let's rock. Rock. <laughs> I love it. I yeah, love it. Like his absurdness is just over the top. Dante's really a. You don't ever get that feeling of Dante's like worried, worried. He's more of just like oh, another one kind of situation. Yeah. It's like a, it's a Tuesday for him. It's another Tuesday. It's just another Tuesday. And that's why the opening to five is just well, so. Well, Nero, on the other hand, acts like that classic anime character where he's getting his butt kicked constantly. Yeah. It's a challenge, and then also like I must find within my within me to get my power. Well, yeah. Dante's on the other hand, like yeah, I just woke up and I, I ate a slice of pizza for breakfast and I Nero, drank a Mountain Dew. 
literally Let's hung, do this. Uh, Nero, I'm literally hungover. I just woke yeah. up. There was a demon standing over my bed. I literally fucking kicked it to the wall, kicking over another demon. And by the way, and then my toast got burnt. Okay. By the, by the way, they fucking destroyed the building I was sleeping in again. And as I was falling out of the building, I actually killed the boss with my. I falling think my out. landlord's going to evict me. Yeah, I I, 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 had to headbutt the demon boss falling out the window, and I killed it with one hit. I'm hungover, Nero. What the fuck are you complaining about? I'm gonna go get coffee. <laughs> yeah. You do your thing, and I'll t- like a, like a big boy. I'll put your br- your training bra back did on, and co- I'll take did, care of this. Did he get a coffee, or did he get this Monster Zero Energy Ultra because he's a boomer, and so Dante gets his Zero Energy Ultra? He'll get class. He'll get the classic monster thing. Yeah, right he'll on. get the classic, and so like he he literally just goes and like this is a fantastic character in terms of just enjoyment. Nero oh, has, yeah, he is. Nero, like I said, Nero just has to act like everything is a big fucking deal. Like, no, no, he has that classic anime style where, like, everything... Oh, my God! Well, Dante's just like, oh, people are dying? Oh, Tessa Tuesday. I mean, I could be wrong. Dante gets upset when people are dying. Yeah, but... Which is no- why the opening again to me is so obscene, because, like, Dante gets knocked the fuck out. And then all these people are dying in the street, and then... V's like, you can't save him, D- D- Nero. Back off. And all these people are just dying, and it's just like... What is this fucking melodrama? I didn't need this. I didn't need this. No. That's why I do, like, prefer DMC over, like, 4 and 5, because that DMC, every boss wasn't terrified to him. It wasn't a challenge, per se, in his mindset of a character. He was more like, I have to battle this ugly thing. Screw it. I guess I'll do it. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here. It's Tuesday. That is the mindset of Dante. It's not, like... Do I? I need to do this, but do I want to do this? Yeah, and so he's like, but I, he's like, I, I get, get, I gotta get paid. So I guess if I, and I want to go into this because I know this episode's going on for a bit, and people have heard me bitch long enough, and I'm sorry I'm so bitchy about this episode. Five does have enjoyable moments, so does four, in my opinion. Three is still a blast. So if I had to rate the games in order, honestly, and people might be surprised when I'm about to say this, it's honestly gonna be three, and probably five over four over one over. DMC Double May Cry for me. And again, and I don't even want to put DMC Double May Cry on this list because it's like, it's kind of its own separate continuity. It's still good, but like, it's really not the same universe. So putting it on the same list to me, honestly, isn't fair. And especially when it's not made the same, made by the same Capcom and team that made the original. Yes, that niche theory. So, and so. It's me, like trying to rate other M with the rest of the Metroids. Yeah, it, it's just not comparable. They're yeah. just, it, it, even though the games are like the same genre, it's just not comparable in my opinion when you have the different, like, the different developers making it. So yeah. honestly, I would say DMC Double May Cry is in its own list. I would love to see that universe continued one day, or even another continuity spawned from the DMC or from the Double May Cry series, so we can have a different series. I'm fine with that, especially if it means that we get. To- would you want Ninja Theory to try again, no. or would you want a different company? No, no, no. I see. We got other M because of Ninja Theory. Wasn't that Ninja Theory that made DMC though? Yes. Ninja that Theory. I, no, no, no. No, who made? Yeah, no. no, it was the same Ninja Theory who made. No, it was. End. No, no, it shouldn't have been. It's the people that were the ones that made the Dead or Alive series. Ninja Theory made DMC Devil May Cry. Team Ninja made Dead or Alive. Damn, motherfucker! I was about to Google this shit. I'm about to yeah, be, I was gonna get up and get my phone. I was you like, fucking argue with me? I know this shit. Yeah. So, I, so again. I, and you might be thinking, well, okay, so why do you not want Ninja Theory to try again? Because if they can fuck up that badly and make Metroid other M, I do not want them to make another Double May Cry game where they could fuck up. I think, yeah. honestly, if you're going to make another continuity, Capcom, just give it another try. Oh, you know what? Give it to Platinum Gaming. Please let Platinum have this. 
a lot of people who worked on Devil May Cry 3 and Okami and Beautiful Joe works on Bayonetta, which is why I, I think, right. which wouldn't surprise me if that's why 4 and 5 are so different from 3, is because it's not the same team who worked on it. It's not a lot of the same people who worked on it. And Isn't think, Bayonetta 3 in, like, Limbo Hell right now? It's in, it's in Limbo Hell, but it has been announced. Oh, okay. It has been announced, so we know we're getting a third game. Thank goodness, I can't wait to play Is it still trapped on the Switch? I would be okay with that. Honestly, man. Honestly, got truth, I would be 100% if it was a Switch exclusive at first. I mean, okay. Honestly, got truth, I would be. I would be too. I would really like to have a collection of one and two on the Switch as well. Isn't it on the Switch? It, 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 yeah, I have it on the Switch. Switch. Is yeah. it on the Switch? Okay, yep. I thought it was on the Wii U. I knew it was on the Wii U. I didn't know if they came up with it on the Switch, so I'm going to actually probably buy it. If you buy uh, Bayonetta 2, you get one for free with it. That is a fucking bargain. That is a yeah, that's a great one, deal. One's great. One's yeah. a good game. So I'm probably going to buy that eventually because I want to play it before I play the third game. Uh, and I hope the port was okay because like, I know that the Kingdom Hearts port was awful. I've been playing Bayonetta 2 mostly in handheld oh. mode and it plays fine. Before I forget, are you excited for um, Kingdom Hearts? No. The new one? No. Four? No, I'm not. I'm really fucking not. I'm really, really fucking not. Three was. Uh, did you ever get into the handheld versions, no. like the three and a half or whatever? I had the one that was the card-based system. <laughs> oh I, wait, yeah, I did play. I did play Chain of Memories. On yeah, the Game I Boy played Chain of Memories, and I also did play. What was it? Three hundred and yeah, it's like five yeah. days over two or something. Right. Yep. So, yeah. so people are gonna ask maybe why am I not interested in the new one that's coming out? Because obviously they've already shown off Organization 13 again. They're showing off a lot of the bullshit that we've had to deal with with the story from 3 and 2 and 1 and all this other bullshit. I, I was really hoping that this would have been a different continuity with a different... 1 was just amazing to me. Yeah, 1 is... I honestly think that even though 1's gameplay is dated, 1's story is so fucking good in a vacuum that it was just... It, that's all it needed to goddamn be. It didn't need to be all this other convoluted bullshit that 2 and 3 added to it in no. all these fucking spinoff games. And I was honestly hoping once we got, like, the hidden cutscene in 3 that showed off what 4 could have been, it's like, oh my god, maybe we're actually gonna just step away from Disney and all this bullshit and Organization 13 and maybe, and maybe we'll just have a really interesting game with a new story with Sora and we can just explore all the combat again without the fucking baggage of the story of the other games. And no! I've already seen that there's Organization 13, so it probably shows that they're going to have a lot of the same fucking baggage that we've had from the previous stories. Fucking why? They took him over 11 years to write, uh, to write uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, and it shows. It showed that Time he, travel. It also shows that he had no fucking clue what he was doing. No. So no, I'm not interested in 4. They ripped themselves in a box. And they yeah, they really it. have, so I'm not interested in 4 at all. Honestly, it can come out and I'm not going to go rass fucking ass unless... I'm wrong about the story being as stupid as it's going to be, because if the story is just as boring and fucking shitty as it was in 3, which, again, 3 was so fucking bad in my opinion, and the reason why is it put me to sleep. I've never actually had a video game physically put me to sleep playing it, other than World of Warcraft, and that was when I was up for almost 18 hours playing it. That says something whenever I was well-rested playing Kingdom Hearts 3, and I fell the fuck to sleep. That's <laughs> no, how fucking I agree. boring. It's actually interesting that we brought up Kingdom Hearts right next to Devil May Cry because, like, you have Devil May Cry, which is, like, this, like, like, statue, like, this Roman statue of, like, well-chiseled marble fucking gorgeous gameplay next to, like, the little ball pit next to, like, next to it is, like, Kingdom Hearts gameplay. And a kid's, and a kid's puking in it. It's like yeah, a, a dilapidated Donald Duck. Now, to be fair, I will say that, like, Kingdom Hearts 2, while it is hack-and-slashy, 
in terms of like the actual spectacle to the fight and now the the actual like final mix boss battles the the fucking data fights are obscenely fucking difficult and they do test your skills and oh, reflexes yeah. and i will give them credit for that it's just a shame that not the whole game is on those levels of difficulty and interesting challenges which is why kingdom hearts actually put me to sleep because i was just mashing the x button and i passed out I actually passed out. I was an idiot in my first game playing through, and I use I was I focus on magic, and magic is not very like, suitable and fun with the control scheme. Mm. Sometimes, but the control scheme, no. But magic is broken in three. Oh no, magic is very broken. Once you like, if you get OP magic, then you can just start rant, wrecking yeah, people. It's fucking broken. It breaks the game over its name. But then again, like mashing the X button breaks three. Like, yeah. So and that's why I fell asleep. I was just I'm gonna do the melee focus build like I always do and. <laughs> uh, fuck, what world was it? I think it was... It was actually... I just had gotten to the Pirates of the Caribbean. And it was one of the... It was one of the... Just like the standard fight pieces. And I, I actually fell asleep. I actually fucking fell asleep. And when I woke up, I'm just like... I'm done. I, I'm done. There's no reason for me to complete this game at this point. That's my review of, of, of King Kong. <laughs> you, you're just like Dante from the game and just slash the game right in half. Yeah, I'm just like, not I'm, playing anymore. Yeah, I'm done with this bullshit. <laughs> yep. I'm done. I'm done. Right. Like, I, I'm just going to go play something that's more interesting. I'm just... I'm actually physically done with this bullshit. Like... Yeah, so. I remember how disappointed you were when you got that because I think I was living we at your place it, when you bought so it. We were so excited and it came out. We're like, meh. Yeah, it's like, meh. I actually fell asleep and it's like... It uh, was nothing to treasure. It's like the first thing I noticed was the difference between uh, Tom Hanks and his brother's voice yeah, for Woody. Yeah, a little bit. Now, to be fair, like, I love the Toy Story world. Mm. I really love the Toy Story world. And again, like, the actual graphic fidelity of 3 was interesting, and, like, a lot of the life they... I thought it looked great. Yeah, a lot of the life they breathed into the world was, like, fantastic, but I... I can't give any of that credit when the game is so fucking boring. Yeah. I fell the fuck Yeah, asleep. it might look great, but how is the game itself? How is the game itself? Right. When the game itself is that fucking boring that I fall asleep... I'm sorry, I'm going to give your game a 0 out of 10. Yeah. And people are going to be like, that's not fair. Obviously, it's better than a game that you gave a 4 out of 10 or 2 out of 10. And that's like, yes, you're correct. But on my personal scale... <laughs> but that 4 out of 10 didn't put you to sleep. But that fucking 4 out of 10 did not put me to sleep. Yeah. And, and I think that speaks volumes to the game. And that's one thing, too. If I would have fallen asleep during a cutscene or whatever, that would have showed, like, man, I'm fucking tired. Yeah. I Like, as people... I have known people who have fallen asleep during, like, Metal Gear Solid cutscenes. That's understandable. Sometimes, like, man, you're sitting there, you just got off some action, and you're tired now, and, like, you don't realize it, you're watching a cutscene or a movie, and you fall asleep. That happens, man. But for me to actually physically fall asleep during gameplay... That's a whole new level of bullshit. To be fair, I have done that with uh, Final Fantasy VII. Just because there's so much freaking dialogue. Yeah. So I'm like mashing the button, trying to get through all of it, and all of a sudden I just doze off. But that's like again, that's that's a, during a cutscene. <laughs> Pretty and, much. And again, it's a turn. It's a it's a turn based. It's a turn based like RPG. You might fall asleep when you're trying to make decisions. The right. It's a slower paced game. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts is three is supposed to be an action game. Yeah. It is it's an action, action hack and slash. It's an action game. An action game fucking put me to sleep. That is next level fucking shit. Yeah. And that was on proud mode for the record. That was on the hardest difficulty. The game put me to sleep on the hardest fucking difficulty. Jeez. If I'm that disinterested and unchallenged by your game, it's a zero to me. I'm sorry. Like, again, the story also was a big credence to that. I didn't feel any urgency to the story whatsoever. Like, I was just bored to fucking tears, even by the story, because I have no fucking clue what's going on, because I didn't play the 50 fucking spinoffs with stupid fucking convoluted story bullshit that... <laughs> 
Nobody fucking cares about. What about nominated characters? Oh, you love the lore. Shut up. No. You love that lore. No. You love I, all that I lore. I watched a whole video going into the story of Kingdom Hearts before I started 3, so I would be caught up. And I, even halfway through the fucking video, I'm like, I don't give a shit. I do not fucking give a shit. This is fucking bad. This is like a fucking high school student writing a story. This is a middle schooler writing a story. This is somebody who is literally on that writing level writing this fucking story. And then they time travel. And then there's the organization. But then the organization had this character. This character no longer exists, so nobody has memories of this character. Which I don't know why I wrote the story around this character then that nobody has memories of. It's kind of tragic when you think about it, except that it's not because now the characters don't realize that this character existed. Whatever. She's going to be brought back later in 3 for some fucking reason, even though nobody has a memory of her existing. And then time travel. And then here's how time travel works. And then this is how... The, and, like, I seriously feel like that's how he's writing this. Now... Well, I have a question for you, since this kind of was... I did enjoy talking about Devil May Cry 5. Yes. Do you want to, like, talk about, like, a game, maybe, like, I don't know, maybe one of the Metal Gear Solid games, like, Revengeance? I, you and me can both play it and get our, our both our different opinions about it. So, I guess if we're about to wrap up the episode... And, yeah, which been, we are. this has been going a long, going a long time. time. So, and again, I'm sorry for the rant. If you nah, it's with, fine. If you stuck with me this long through the story and you're as passionate about the one cry as I am, this thank is, you. This, is gonna, this, this episode's gonna be basically a raw take. I'm not even gonna edit this thing. I'm gonna put music behind it and basically launch it as is, because this will take me forever to put together if I actually touch it. It was edited anyway took about six hours if you've stuck around with me for this long and you actually listen to me and you respect my opinions i thank you so much for that um i know i can get a little ranty especially when i'm very passionate about the game and double may cry is, is a series that i've really given a shit about now i wanted to play revengeance for this review because i wanted to have a more contrast of games to play it against however i just have not had a chance and unfortunately right now my time is being sucked up by rogue legacy 2 which is fucking phenomenal i thought i i thought that i played that until i looked it up and i actually got that mixed up with rogue galaxy yes rogue rogue legacy 2 has been sucking up all my time yeah. so i want to finish that first before i start on a new game hmm. because i am i'm the type of person that once i start playing rogue legacy I'm lucky I have my roommate to take to work right now, because if I did not, I would literally have marathoned Rogue Legacy in like 24 hours. I get into the first game. I am addicted to it. I fucking love it. I cannot wait to talk about it. It's a fantastic time. Um, and we'll get there whenever I finish it. So I'm hoping that after Rogue Legacy, I might start a Metal Gear Revengeance, because I really want to play Revengeance. I've been told by everybody it is a charm. I, I know that there's a lot of obscene voice lines to the game that make me just really fucking want to play it. Um, and I'm getting there. I, I'm just now starting to get the right mindset, and I just now have the time and the resources and the money to pay for these games and play them, so I am going to get to that. Maybe next. I'll play that too, because I have that on Steam. We could all play it and talk about it. Yeah, actually, that'd be cool. That would be a cool, like, multi-review we could do. I would love to yeah. talk about Revengeance to you guys, because... To somebody like myself who's a Metal Gear Solid fan, and to somebody like Josh, I don't think you've actually played through any of the Metal no, Gear Solid games. No, no, So it's going to be really funny to see what your take on some of these characters are, because I'm going to be like... What the fuck does this have to do with Metal Gear Solid? Josh is like, haha, swords go brrrr. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So so I'm really interested to see how that's going to go. And I really am, I, again, to myself being such a fan of these types of platinum games, I, I really can't wait to see how I'm going to like Revengeance or how I'm going to compare Revengeance and like Devil May Cry. I think it's going to be a blast. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Andrew's going to be like, this game is like this and this and this. And I'm going to be like, man, I cut so much watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. Pretty much. So, yeah, I can't wait to play that. I can't wait to see what Adam's opinion on uh, Revengeance is as well. I can't wait to see how all this is going to pan together. I think it's going to be a fun episode. But I really have to finish Rogue Legacy 2 first. I'm sorry. 
Rogue Legacy 2 is my crack. Like, oh, that is a good shit. I love Rogue Legacy 2. I can't wait to talk about that either. So that's going to be next. Better than Hades, huh? Uh, I actually still haven't had a chance to go play Hades. Really? I, my one roommate played through Hades, and he fucking marathoned that game. And I have seen some cutscenes for Hades, but, like, Hades looks like a fucking masterpiece that I'm going to need some time to delve into, and I have other games on my plate, too, that I want to finish. Uh, we're going to have the new Monster Hunter coming up soon, the Daybreak DLC. This is going to be kind of a bigger year for gaming, honestly, I think so. That's DLC for Rise? Yes. Okay. And so I'm really interested in that. We're going to have a lot of fun shit to play later this year. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, is is world even still a thing? Is that even still going? Nobody cares. Ah. World, 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 in my opinion, started off really strong and it was a lot of fun, but man, did world fall off hard. And ah. I, I think world just rise really shows the fun aspect of Monster Hunter. World is more of a, a pretty easy starting point for players. But sure. I think Rise just has more complexity to it and more interesting. It's like you're a true Monster Hunter plan. Play, play Rise. Yes, if you're a true, it, well. I mean, Rise is still a huge departure from a lot of aspects of the series, but that's another episode we'll have to go into. Yeah. Uh, and especially once the DLC comes out for that, I'm going to talk about that, man. I can't wait. I love Rise to death. Rise is a fantastic time. So, um, yeah. Taking us out. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I'm actually I, trying to think of, like, what um, so what's coming up for Adam and I for games. Like, do you have anything that you're going to talk about within the next couple episodes? Do you know? More, yeah. Right now, for me, the only thing I have going on right now is I just been playing a lot of the Overwatch 2 beta at my friend's house. So, how is Overwatch 2 minus uh, one tank? Um, I will say that like, the, the tank that I like. Wait, wait, wait! Remember, Bridget, we're trying to end this out, but just I just simple, simple. Which are like good, bad? Do you uh, like it? Yeah. I don't, I don't like playing a tank anymore because it's just one, and there's so much emphasis on you need a shield, you need a shield, you need a shield, you need a shield. Well, I want to play Roadhog. You need a shield, you need a shield. What are you doing? Play a shield. Yeah. This is stupid. Play a shield. It's all it was in one game. Yeah. Because I, I wanted, I was trying to play with all the characters so I could talk about it, and I played Roadhog. And the entire time, my two DPS and my two healers threw a fit from text from typing. Being keyboard warriors to voicing it, yeah. And I was like, "Hey, this is just a beta. I want to see how this character plays. I do a podcast. He doesn't like so it. I want to see how each of these characters play. Well, I don't give a shit. How about this sound? I want you to play this character. I want you as a shield. If you don't play as a shield, get off this team. And I'm like, dude, just chill. It's so, a freaking. So in other words, the game's not necessarily bad. Just the people you're playing with. Back are... to the Blizzard community. Yeah. Back to the Blizzard. Oh my god, it's the... so fucking funny. So, I guess, small tangent. Final Fantasy XIV just had this new game mode in PvP, and they've been banning people for spamming voice lines or throwing, like, fireworks over people's dead bodies. Basically, they're trying to tell the player base, look, we want you to have PvP, but you're not going to be fucking toxic. You're going to be better than No teabagging players. No, they, exactly. No, they go on about that. They yeah. specifically said, if you are found doing this and you get reported, we will talk to you about it. Wow. This, we, we do not want the community to be toxic with PvP. That's not the goal of this game. Help people bring, bring people up to your level. Be better. And again, I respect yeah, the fuck yeah. out of them. I was that. just thinking that. Then you go over to fucking Blizzard games. You go back over to Blizzard games and back to that interview where it's just like, oh, look, there's a trans person on screen. And the entire chat is just transphobic as fucking hell during that interview when they were showing off the uh, new expansion pack. It really fucking shows just how different those two communities are. So, yeah, Adam bitching about this. He's not wrong. That's just that's a lot of the Blizzard community in a nutshell. Because, like, the problem that I have is just, again, and I I stand by my statement after playing the beta, we should have gotten two tanks 
and then maybe nerf their ability to move around as fast as they can and have maybe two DPS, one healer, or one DPS and two healers. But the emphasis now is too much on this style. And the problem is, is that my favorite tank has been changed so much. Okay, Orisa yeah. got sh a lot of changes. I like it, but at the same time, it's just I, I wish she had a shield still. We'll get there. We'll <laughs> get there when we get to your review. Don't oh, yeah. Worry. I wrote yeah, everything but, down. But, yeah. So Adam's got Overwatch 2 that he's going to talk about. I've this got, is just the beta. Uh, yeah. Just the beta. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows the, the game's not out yet. When does the game come out? Does it have a release date? I don't think it has a release date no, yet. No. And then I'll talk about Ghostwire, but I haven't had time to mess with it because all Saturday I ripped our apartment to pieces and set up a streaming room. And now I'm having an issue with my Elgato stuff, so now I gotta figure out. Well, I can stream directly from the PlayStation 5. It's got built in software, but I can't use a camera. Because it doesn't it doesn't hook into OBS, so I got to figure that crap out. But I want to stream Ghostwire, and then I've got like a billion. I got still got Kirby to play. I've got all these all these games. I really want to get into Elven Ring. I want to buy that too, but, but I've had a chance of other games, and I'm gonna I'm gonna play it once. People stop talking about it on the internet as much because I like to just slow down and t play a game like that. Yeah. I don't like it when my friends are talking about it on Discord. So, either way, I got to get going here soon. Yeah. I actually have to get stuff done. So what is what is taking us out? Did you? Uh, so my one friend memes about Devil the Trigger. Song. We already, no, not Double Trigger. No, we already went out on that once. Bury the Light. Is that from DMC5? Yeah, it's from DMC5. Okay. I want to go out with Bury the Light, and if you put a break somewhere, I want it to be another Double Cry song, but we'll see. Do you, I, I'll put a break. Where do you, what do you want? Uh, we'll just put it somewhere in the middle. We'll figure it out. But yeah, Bury the Light's going to be taking us out from DMC5. I will say for as much as I go on about the soundtrack of some of these games, good shit. Listen to it. All right. So, uh, yeah, remember we do the, um, the the Halo podcast thing every other w in between these? Yes. So Halo's. that that one will be at some point. But, yeah, until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Adam. I am, I'm Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to see if he was going to catch up. I'm Adam, you son of a bitch. I'm Adam. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm Adam. Is this Spartacus? Yes. I'm no, Spartacus. This, this, is the breath, this is the breakfast club now. This party's getting crazy. Let's rock.
Did you do parties? 